Hey, have you ever been so smart your brain blast turned into deadly swordplay? Have you ever wanted to live out that blade-swinging, spell-slinging, master of martial and magic power fantasy that is sure to send your DM into an actual rage? Well, congratulations! You might be a bladesinger! But what is a bladesinger, you ask? Well, <laughs> don't worry. Papa's here to tell you. Remember that one scene from Sherlock Holmes where RDJ just straight up rocks a dude by combining some cool karate with the power of RAW INTELLECT! Discombobulate. Well, guess what, my guy? That's you now. By taking this subclass at second level of wizard, you gain proficiency with light armor, a one-handed weapon of your choice, and most importantly, the Blade Song, which comes with a whole suite of buffs, including a 10-foot addition to your walking speed, advantage on acrobatics checks, you can add your intelligence mod to your concentration checks, and the coup de gras, you can add that same intelligence mod to your AC. Oh yeah, and not only can you brain blast twice a day, you're still a wizard, with all the 7 million spells that a wizard can learn. In short, you're pretty much busted. Let's talk about how insane just the AC buff from Bladesinger is for a second. If you play a basic standard human with no variant, take the standard array and use your 10 starting gold to buy some leather armor, you can set your AC at 16. Now add the first level spell Mage Armor and you've already jumped up to 18. And in combination with Shield, your effective AC is 23. Change your starting race to, I don't know, a Tortle? You start with a base AC of 17, making that a 20 with the Blade Song and a 25 with a Shield. For comparison, an Ancient Red Dragon's AC is only a measly 22, like a Plebeian. And you're only level f***ing 2! If you roll your stats and are able to get that intelligence to 20 at level 4, you can feasibly skyrocket your AC so high that basically the only way a regular creature can do damage to you is to roll a nat 20 every attack, which will definitely make your DM want to kiss themselves. Mwah! What's that? You want to know more? Being virtually untouchable wasn't enough for you? Oh, don't worry, I get it. Not only do you get the wizard ability to just straight up copy entire spellbooks, pretty much dissuading your DM from ever letting you fight another wizard, and arcane recovery, making sure you never run out of cool shit to do, at 5th level, you get access to haste. Haste was made for Bladesingers. Not only do you get another plus two to AC, an extra action to run, swing, or do kickflips or something, Jesus Christ, you're so goddamn fast, you also get to double your speed, which at this point should give you 80 feet per round, and then you get advantage on deck saving throws. Because of course you do, baby. If you ever wanted to be the genetic love child in a weird orgy between Jimmy Neutron, Puss in Boots, and Sonic the Hedgehog, this is exactly how it is done. Oh yeah, we're only level 5, boys! Grab Fireball. At level 6 you get another swing with your sword, making that 2 basic attacks and 3 with haste. But wait, you're a Bladesinger, and you can't be satisfied with just a regular smack, because you can substitute one of those attacks with a cantrip, meaning you can smack smack Firebolt, booming blade smack smack, use your imagination. You could stand 120 feet away, use your first attack to take out an enemy, and then the second to point at the big boss on the other side of the room, cast message, and talk mad shit. Be a nuisance. Or take Thunderclap, smack him twice in the face, then turn around and clap those fat ass cheeks together for the ultimate disrespect. Now, let's say you've somehow not become a god by level 9 by choosing the subclass. Well, baby, welcome to level 10. At level 10, your Bladesong enters its crescendo, music joke, with the Song of Defense. 
Now, if this ability doesn't make your DM throw his dice directly in your face, you're doing it wrong. By expending a spell slot and a reaction, you get to just absorb damage equal to five times the slot you used. Meaning the one time your DM finally gets to hit you, you can just stick up your middle finger and reduce that damage to nothing. Fireball? Lightning Bolt? Any AoE? Guess what, loser? You done, baby! You see, playing a Bladesinger is all about looking at all the wizard's weaknesses and then just choosing to ignore them. What's that? Level 11 already? When you get here, you can pick up Tasha's otherworldly guys to become the visage of a f***ing god. You still get a plus 2 to AC, but by sacrificing your extra action, you can become immune to a bunch of damage and conditions, f***ing sprout wings and fly, and use your intelligence modifier for attack and damage rolls with your sword. Is this how Jesus felt? Was this why he was walking on water and shit? Just to show off? Finally, we get to level 14, and you get the Song of Victory. This allows you to add your intelligence modifier to the damage of your melee attacks. Did you hear me? Add it! Meaning if you pop Tasha's, you're adding not 5, but 10 damage to every swing. How'd you get that smart? This is so good, it's silly. If your DM is cool and likes cool magic items like me, or gives you the downtime to craft your own cool stuff, your Bladesinger can become so busted you barely need to even waste a spell slot. Not on these peasants, you've ascended. That can't be it, right? Well, it's f***ing not! By level 18, you can pick Shield as a mastered spell, meaning you never have to expend a spell slot to cast it. By this time, if your AC isn't pushing 30 or more at all times, sorry, you gotta brain blast harder. For your second level mastered spell, pick up Mirror Image for a constant buff, making you even harder to hit, or Misty Step to bounce around the battlefield. Just make sure that whatever you cast, also throw up the double birds as you do it, just to be extra annoying. And then, if you're lucky, you get the wizard level 20. Now at this point, you've probably defeated a god, eaten a Tarrasque by turning it into a cupcake, and literally frozen over the Nine Hells. But, you know what? Why not add a free haste or fireball to cast each day on top of that? Or to be a major dick, make it counterspell. One of the things I love best about the Blade Song is your ability to flavor it. You don't even technically need a blade to start the Blade Song. The Blade Song is a state of mind, baby. So, you can use the book's explanation of a sweet martial arts sword dance, or those weird tattoos Astrid and Ada Wolf had in Critical Role, or fuck it. For you, the Blade Song could be your character phasing through reality to gain a speed boost, or the sound of rocket shoes you build. It can literally be whatever you want. So if you like being untouchable, weaving in and out of combat, slinging rad spells, and being an all-around pain in the ass for your DM to deal with, guess what? You might be a blade singer. game to rock your socks off hello russell greetings and salutations <laughs> how are we today we are good we're ready 
We are prepared for our episode 38 show on pre-show prep. That's a tongue right. twister. <laughs> right. Anyway, if you're just joining us, uh, we are a tabletop talk show and podcast brought to you by Dungeon Studios. We go beyond live play, dive deep into every topic from session zeros to campaign heroes. With lively debates, thoughtful analysis, and plenty of laughs, our weekly podcast is the perfect companion for any D&D fan. Mm. Like Avery, who's already here in the chat with us. Hey, hey, Avery. Uh, we stream live and interact. Alan is in there too. Oh, yes. Hi, Helen. Uh, we stream live and interact with our chat on Facebook every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, and 2 p.m. New Zealand time. Yep. So, oh, and Upright Man is with us, too. It sounds like we got a full house tonight. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> so, yes, uh, as I mentioned previously, tonight's show is on pre-show prep and i want to preface this by making sure that everyone knows this is not just for dms as a player i definitely have a pre-show prep routine so i think right. that there are some things players can take away from this show um so yeah we'll cover some topics for players and dms what you guys can or should do to prepare for right. in in-person games and online games we've got it all covered all covered, everything, all covered. the whole lot. <laughs> yep, so and, and we're prepared too. There you go. It sounds like we're prepared, right? It sounds like it. I can't wink. I'm trying. I I close both eyes. If you rewind it, just watch. I just closed both eyes, guys. I suck at winking. If, <laughs> if we're really lucky, we'll go through this episode without any cameras going down or any technical difficulties. So, right. All right. What's upright? Upright man says that signs that says roll high or die trying perfectly represents an attitude that makes me throw makes me throw people out of the game too many think that's a good strategy sorry for the rant <laughs> all right um, is what we do. that is what we do we rant and we rave so yeah. all right uh well let's get this show on the road i don't have anything for retcon rewind i didn't know if you did russell um retcon rewind no not this week i don't think so don't have yeah. any i i never take anything back Really. Right. I have no regrets. Just no, no regrets. Ball. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter what you say. You just got to be committed to it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, then, good. Let's let's commit to uh, the rest of this show. And for those of you who are watching us live, um, I want to thank you guys for joining us. And uh, if uh, I should look at the camera, I'm thanking you guys. And if you know anyone who would enjoy our show, please share it with them. Uh, if you find our show on various uh social media platforms please like share subscribe all of that fun stuff so that we can grow and continue to make more shows like this for you all right moving on <laughs> all right guess what i have a couple things for nerd news one i mentioned last week it was a very short notice but we were looking for voice actors over here at dungeon studios and we just made our first uh, voice acting roster announcement earlier today. I believe it was today. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to say congratulations in the case that they are on the show listening. Uh, congratulations to Ben Q, Halvdan, Soracha, Mystic Monkey, and WCL. They are now a part of our voice acting crew. Very exciting. And that is for the Fables from the Forgotten Project, which I'm very excited uh, for when that comes out. That'll be really cool. All right. Uh, let's see. So moving on. 
the next thing that I want to talk about, crazy that this just happened over the weekend. Remember last week we were talking about uh, Wizards of the Coast being pro-AI and DMs Guild being anti-AI, kind of, being on those sides of the fence anyway. (laughs) Right. So over the weekend, if you Mm. happen to follow any of those, you know, news sources for Wizards of the Coast, you probably heard Mm. about the fact that they got caught with some AI art in an upcoming book of theirs, the Bigby Presents Glory of the Giants. Yes. Um, The original posts, I think, with the illustrations might have been taken down. I think they were on Twitter. But um, there's various screenshots of them you can find online. And basically, the artist, uh, I'm probably going to hatchet his or her name up, Ilya Shkipi? Shkipi? That's what it sounds like. Anyway, Ilya Shkipi. Um, apparently we'll call used... him Skippy for short. Skippy. I like that. That's much better. Uh, right. Skippy, poor Skippy, used AI tools to polish, so he says. I think it's a he says. Um, so. Said he polished. All personnel report to the nearest tornado shelter. Okay, I think that we're live again, folks. Hopefully you can find us again. I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know what happened. And I, to be honest, I don't know where my computer stopped or what happened. I was just talking and talking and talking. And it wasn't until I saw something happen on the chat on Facebook that I went, oh, apparently I'm stuck or we're stuck. So we had to restart. Uh Please find us again. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like maybe I have to start from the beginning. Because I what do, right. what's the last thing you remember? What was I saying? Well, uh, we were just talking about Skippy. Okay, we were talking about Skippy. Did I already start reading the official announcement from D&D? Um, I don't think you did. No, not the official announcement. Okay. <laughs> Boy, I was just going on and on. All right, let's fix this so that if it happens again, I can see that we're stuck. Um, yeah, and Facebook, good. Okay, we are getting our viewers back. I'm so sorry, everyone. Thank you, Avery, for finding us. Thank you, Upright Man. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, good. I was wondering where we got to. He said I had just got to start reading the official announcement. So I'm just going to restart there, and hopefully everyone comes back. You know, this is what happens. See, this is why it's great to be prepared but also be prepared for the unexpected (laughs) here we go yes starting over with the that is the lesson um and just roll with the punches all right so the official announcement from DD after this came out uh was today we became aware that an artist used ai to create artwork for the upcoming book bigby presents glory of the giants we have worked with this artist since 2014 and he's put years of work into books we all love while we weren't aware of the artist's choice to use ai in the creation process for these commissioned pieces we have discussed with him and he will not use ai for wizard's work moving forward we are revising our process and updating our artist guidelines to make clear that the artist must refrain from using ai art generation as part of their art creation process for developing D art here's where i started going on a rant i was i was in my groove and then realized that you guys weren't here with me we were missing yeah <laughs> was that there are a few keywords here that i 
you know, with with Wizards of the Coast, we've learned lately right. that we have to read between the lines and really pick things apart. And so mm-hmm. there were a couple things that I noticed. Okay, one was um we will not use AI for wizard's work moving forward, which did kind of have me question like, so they're not going to redo any of the art that was probably already AI generated. They're just going to like, meh, it's passable right. or it's it's not noticeable. We're not going to call this out. We're going to keep this right. here. Right. Um, Recall all the books. Right. Uh, <laughs> we have discussed. Okay. Um, what could okay. they possibly do? Anyone, so they're yeah. updating their artist guidelines to make clear that artists must refrain from using AI art generation as part of their art creation process for developing D&D art. They did not say that they would exclude using AI for anything else, right? Like right. probably right. the generation of adventures and things like that. Um, right. I don't know. It's just very interesting considering what came up last week in our news that Wizards of the Coast, I think, is definitely pro-AI. I mean, they have to be because that's what they're leaning into for the VTT stuff. Um, I don't know. I just, this is going to be a weird line where they're like, where where will Wizards of the Coast draw the line for AI? Is it just AI art just because they got caught? Or is it, will there be other lines that they will draw? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, they, they're going to need AI. They're already fucking with AI as far as, like, story generation and, and game generation and replacing DMs and so on. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, at, at this point, I'm not particularly concerned as far as AI DMs are sort of going. I mean, they haven't kind of reached a point yet where they can role play or even be consistent. So, you know... Right. Um, when the AI learns to act and can sort of generate emotions on the screen and what have you, yeah, okay, then I'll, I'll you know, at that point I'll sit back and say, fuck it, I'm not DMing anymore, I'm going to be a player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, sorry, this is the other thing. I knew there was another word that I honed in on was the word refrain. So they're not... Yeah. They're using the word, we're refraining from using it, which means that is, um, they're going to selectively choose when it's okay and when it's not. They're not banning it. They're not saying it's bad. They're just going to refrain from using it when they get caught, I think. (laughs) Right. So, just very funny. That sounds about right. Yeah, refrain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yeah, I just thought that was really, and not really much more to dig into about it other I mean, than that. I just thought if you go online, look for the pictures. They hmm. had um, a few wolves that had human feet. They had um, a few characters <laughs> that had the really weird, like you said, wonky, like three, four finger thing. How did um, they miss this though? It's, it's like, I mean, I make a lot of AI art. Yeah. I, I, I select the pictures that I post anywhere, you know, if mm-hmm. I post anything that's AI, it's, I've looked at it and right. I've checked it to see that it actually looks reasonable. I mean, what did this person spend like? Five minutes, they were like, oh, I'm going to need right. to make my, my cash this week from Wizards of the Coast. You'd think someone that actually had a fucking job as an artist working for Wizards of the Coast would bother to check their work. <laughs> right? Some co- quality control, at least. You know, what the hell were they thinking? And that just went through the whole process and nobody noticed? Yep. Like, what? It, it, maybe the artist doesn't even, I mean, does the artist exist? 
<laughs> Maybe there's only one person working at Wizards of the Coast now. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> they do everything. Them and them and Chat GPT. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's I mean, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We talked about that before in a previous show where I mean, anybody now with access to Chat GPT and Mid Journey could probably crank out a few of these real quickly and then it'll just be a matter of the market being flooded with you know crap various ranges you know of crap to good stuff that people are actually checking it's interesting to me because a few years ago um i was very much in the film scene and i was you know making movies and i went to film school i did that twice in fact and uh, you know i wanted to be a filmmaker film director and there was a point in the sort of early 2000s when the digital revolution happened mm. and suddenly we had digital cameras and digital video cameras and video editing systems became non-linear and went online and you know computer systems became cheap enough that every man and his dog could suddenly make videos and mm -hmm. produce films and we were all going oh my god woe is me everybody's <laughs> making films oh how will the studios survive well what happened was there was an extraordinary glut of really shit films. Yeah. Yes, every man and his dog can now make movies, and they're all bad. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's, that's the thing. You still have to know what you're looking for. If you don't have an eye as an artist, yeah, you're going to make rubbish. And if yeah. you don't know what good writing looks like, you're going to write rubbish. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. It, it's, you know, ultimately it's a tool for using that might improve your work sure it's going to take out mistakes and it's going to do that stuff but it doesn't change anything you still have to have good ideas without those ideas it's still just more senseless glut yeah so that's my opinion that's yeah. not actually my official opinion because i have an opinion of everything that's coming out later in the show yeah, I which i have <laughs> prepared Mm, yes. Uh, Preparation anyway. is key. So Avery says, I feel like uh, WotC is trying to crank out as much content as they can for 5e before 1D&D slash 5.5e drops, making most of it obsolete. Yeah, right. that's An a good upright point. man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Upright man said, in painting and fixed extra fingers in two minutes. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? How did this get <laughs> past quality control? That's what I'm saying. It's like, how did they not notice this? And why didn't they fix it? It's so easy to fix. Mm -hmm. <sighs> really. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Maybe they got the Pinkertons to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, well, we know, yeah, they're not, they, they need to get better quality control. We know that. So, right. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, your week in games segment. I have not had any um, activity for my week in games, uh, but I will take this opportunity to say that what I have been doing this week for any viewers that are interested is I have kicked off my own YouTube channel. Uh, so I'm just going to do a little shameless plug here real quick. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's just a little budding channel right now. So I only have a few videos and shorts and things like that. But uh, you can expect things from me on a regular basis. That's the plan. Um, so the channel is called Perty Nerdy. Perty Nerdy. So P-E-R-T-Y and then nerdy. Uh, my whole channel is just going to focus on world building because that's my passion. So right now I'm just doing kind of a, a wide 
broad look at world building because I think that's going to help the most people in the beginning. Um, just kind of speaking it about everything at a broad scale. And then eventually I will start tailoring the series to go down to more granular subjects. So that's what you have to look forward to. If you guys are interested, come find me. Um, it's pretty nerdy on all the socials and I can share the links later when we're on a break maybe or something like that. But that's what I've been busy with this week. <laughs> Awesome. So no games, but uh, yes, next next uh, show we should probably have something from me. So this is all you now. Let's hear about your weekend games. Oh well, I had some games cancelled, which wasn't wasn't fun. I, you know, uh, my vampire game got cancelled on Sunday night because various people had various things. So instead, I spent the evening talking to one of my players about his character and our upcoming Return of the Vangate Chronicles, um, which will be airing on the 18th um, on Rollstream on Twitch. So that's www.twitch forward slash, sorry, .tv forward slash Rollstream. Anyway, um, so that was that. Uh, Burning Path this week, uh, our intrepid heroes uh, venturing across the landscape, doing a bit of a hex crawl on some new maps I made in Incarnate. Um, they got to a druid village where their guide... Um, took them but the druids were all missing or dead and so they sort of figured out eventually that they'd been dragged off by trolls so they decided they, they were looking for a, a shortcut through the mountains and they went to um, the location where the shortcut was according to the map they found and entered into the tombs um, which they've discovered these Ostorian giant tombs um, in the mountains and they they entered in there and fought some trolls quite a lot of trolls um, one of them nearly got dragged and thrown down a well. In fact, uh, Avery will probably remember that Ooh. quite vividly because um, that was him. Um, then on Sunfall, we had some players missing on that session too, unfortunately. But uh, the ones that did turn up, they all get inspiration just for turning up. Um, they explored a new town, a new area, Kivan Tarn. Um, they went on a mission looking for somebody that had been uh, probably kidnapped, and they they eventually tracked them down after a few MacGuffins. They they traveled far too far, um, and I made a classic mistake in that. And, and I like to talk about my mistakes. Actually, I like to talk about my mistakes as openly as I can because I think people can learn from them, yeah. and uh, it helps me remember them as well. You know, um, mm -hmm. so my mistake was a classic one, and that was to gatekeep a plot point behind it a check, a skill ah. check. Mm -hmm. And it's really classic. You can so easily do it. You're like, okay, so basically they didn't find the tracks, the prints, the footprints and the, and the evidence that when they found the, the bodies um, in the forest, they didn't, they, they, they did do one check. One of the players made a check to look for the, for the tracks, but they failed that check abysmally. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Okay. So I thought they would eventually come back to this but I was mistaken. They oh, no. went off on a whole other sort of area and I had to kind of slowly redirect them back to the plot, yeah. um, which took a lot of time and, and, and really got sidetracked. But I also kind of enjoyed it because they went off on a, a exploring the world a little bit. So, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed that because I've been developing the world a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I that's mean, great though, that you like to share when you make a mistake. Cause I think 
being on a lot of D&D forums, that's like the number one thing that I've seen people post about is like, you know, I want to DM, but I'm so afraid. Nah, 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 nah. And I honestly feel like it's so intimidating to new people who want to do it because DMs right. kind of, I don't know, put off this vibe that like, we know all and we really right. don't. And even if we right. did, you can't be perfect. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's it needs to be more evident that we make mistakes too. Absolutely. And and the thing is, DMs, A, you make mistakes and you can never be perfect. You're not going to be perfect all the time. It's, it's you know, I, I, as an actor and somebody that's performed for a long time, if you're acting on stage or in a movie or something, you've got a script. You've spent hours preparing very minute details of that script, of every moment, of every you know, for your character. And you're only playing one character usually, you know, unless you're doing something very extraordinary or different. Um, but when you're DMing, you're playing all the characters and you're improvising the whole time. Right. And so you cannot expect, you can't have the same expectations. It's not going to be a, a TV show or a movie, you know, it just can't be that good. You can go to all the planning in the world. And I certainly do try sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> sometimes I improvise a lot. And sometimes those are the best games because your expectations of yourself are lower. And so you tend to hit a higher benchmark. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing I agree. That. Uh, what else have I been up to? Lots of incarnate um, mapping and um, still using chat GPT for games and sessions and um, planning and uh, creating stuff in the middle of games where people ask questions and stuff. It's like, uh, what kind of... I don't know, describe some items that a uh, head druid may have in their abode, for example. And <laughs> boom, 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 there it is, you know, and you don't have to use it. You can just steal bits and pieces of just a few words sometimes mm -hmm. is enough to, in your peripheral vision to give you some inspiration right. to be able to describe something. Anyway, that's my week in games. Nice. Pretty much. Nice. Thank you for letting me share that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So I am very excited to hear about your unsolicited opinion tonight. Right. Well, um, <clears throat> <clears throat> Russell's unsolicited opinion. <laughs> All right. So I don't want to tread on the old mill of what is a, a better or worse railroading or sandboxing. I think many of us agree that the answer is probably somewhere in the middle, a combination of these two approaches that provide the illusion of total agency without letting the players run amok and act like the worst kind of murder hobos on the one hand and wasting all your DM prep time on the other. So, you know, there is this kind of a middle ground there. Instead, I want to talk about my own strategies and ideas and also perhaps some original borrowed, stolen, adapted ones from some of the best minds on the internet. Many of these ideas have been developed concurrently by different DMs and GMs in different times and places since the inception of role-playing games. So how do you combine them and what is the goal? So I'll just talk about myself. My goal is to finish the campaign, to finish the story while bringing the players back for more each session with a sense of wonder, a rising sense of drama, a sense of rising stakes as they become more familiar with and part of the world which they inhabit and interact with. Ultimately, I want my players to have fun and leave a mark on the game world, even if it's just a dirty stain. 
from where they've died and gone splat. And to do that, I need to engage them, immerse them, and motivate them. So here's my strategy. So the first trick that I try to use is to engage and immerse the players um, by setting up some boundaries. Oh my God, boundaries in a, in a sandbox. Yes, alarm bells are all ringing. Oh my God, not creative boundaries. Well, let me explain. I do this because my game has a mood and a theme and a super objective, like a movie or a book or a video game. My objective is to distill drama from the interaction of a few players and by setting, um, and my setting or world, um, what am I trying to say here? Uh, <laughs> conflict is drama, right? So that, that there are various types of conflict. Inner conflict, which is the most interesting and important conflict, and encouraging your players to have inner conflict will result in the overall sort of better role-playing and, and better story. So, for example, my father is King Evran, and King Evran is a tyrant. I stand against tyranny. So there you go, inner conflict. Um, outer conflict can be broken up even further and is often the result of various types of inner conflicts. Um, so at the end of the day, what I'm really trying to get to, my real point is that when you're sandboxing, you want to have a kind of network of interacting NPCs and what have you. You're, you're responding to the players. So from my point of view, sandboxing and railroading kind of go together. You're trying to, you're trying to ultimately bring all of these forces to bear uh, in a way that seems seamless and give the players the illusion of agency. You're not trying to give them total agency because if they have that, uh, nothing will happen. <laughs> you know, if you, if you let the players do anything they want, more often than not, they don't do anything. You right. You kind of have to prod them, you know. Yeah, and you do so, kind of have to poke and prod. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> the something happens all of a sudden and then now they're off. Right. You know. And the really good players will be proactive. And I mean, if you watch any movie or, or TV show or what have you, main characters, one of the first lessons they teach you in um, like writing school is that your characters should be proactive. You can't have them sitting around doing nothing. So preferably the players already have reasons. And so when you're in session zero, that's the that's your inception point. You, you want to get right in there right away, straight up front, make sure that the players have reasons to work together and do things you know, that you can manipulate them in some way or form. Um, and on that note, I have been developing, interestingly enough, with some assistance from Avery, in fact, um, a tattoo system, a new tattoo system for the, for the game, um, because I find the system in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything to be a bit lame. Yeah. And it's kind of bad, to be honest. The idea that you can get a tattoo and a needle and stick it in you and attune to it and boom, you've got a tattoo. And then if you don't like it, you can take it out. And that defies the whole point of tattoos. They're fucking permanent. Right. So um, we're designing a new system and it's, I don't know, I might give it away. Who knows? We'll see. But it's <laughs> uh, at this point, I've got like 100 pages of tattoos, at least ideas for tattoos mm -hmm. and, um, and a system that kind of seems to work. It's based around constitution. And what's interesting is there's a shared tattoo system. So you can have a group of people who all have shared tattoos and they synergize with each other, giving people a reason to work together. So when you so say shared tattoos, do you mean like there's a group of individuals that would have the same tattoo? 
That's what you mean? Well, it could be the same tattoo or they could be somehow harmonized or linked. So, you know, one could be fire, water, earth, air or something Uh, like that. Um, Or they could be the same exact tattoos or they could be members of a cult who all have the same tattoo. Um, But when they're within 30 feet of each other, they give each other advantage on dexterity saving throws or something shit like that. Um, there's lots of things, lots and lots and lots and lots of combinations and ways to, to make this stuff work. So it's kind of cool. But the idea that the party can obtain shared tattoos that give them bonuses when they work together is quite a cool concept because then the party want to work together and right. they stop fucking around. Right. So, you know, I, I'm finding that quite an interesting uh, way to go. So. Yeah, there you go. That's my very discombobulated opinion of everything this week. Um, no, that's actually really cool. I like the idea of trying to find ways to uh, incentivize the players to work together on things. I remember, one yeah. of the, for me anyway, one of the most memorable moments in the campaign I play in was when both me and another player, I'm trying to remember, I think we had the same initiative and even the same dex bonus, but just as... Um, uh, uh, a nicety he let me go first in the order right. but then when it came to the how do you want to do this or you know the the last move um somehow i can't remember i think he was holding a spell for some trigger that happened on my turn so it ended up being like we killed this guy together and right. so i said well why don't you describe your how do you want to do this and then i'll tack on to it what i do because i fight with chains so i have like dual chains that like you know crazy all over the place and he's a bard right. and i'm trying to, oh he's a bard but he has a sword so i think he did something where he like basically skewered from the top down this monster stabbed the monster down into the ground and then I took my chains and kind of like wrapped it around and then pulled tight so I kind of spiralized the monster and together that was like the best how do you want to do this and I thought it was great and we talk about it all the time because we're like we should do combo moves we should talk more about like combo moves on monsters um and it's only we've only ever done it a few times I wish we would do something more like that that's it's so much fun yeah I mean when I think that's one of the things that the the D&D game particularly kind of lacks is any kind of real ability to synergize characters and their abilities together in ways and and work in combination you can use the advanced kind of rules for stuff like uh flanking and things is is useful and you that helps getting players work together Mm -hmm. um but not to that kind of degree you know right yeah um and sort of an inspiration reward for, for working together, giving two players inspiration for doing something synergistic like that could be very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I might talk more about this tattoo system next week um, and give you a bit more detail on that and see how it's how it's going. But um, I like it. Yeah. I think I, I think Avery likes it too. He's, he's building a character with some tattoos nice. uh, to test this shit out. So, yeah. That'll be cool. But we decided, you know. It was Avery his idea. is the guinea pig. <laughs> it was his idea to use the constitution modifier um, as the primary kind of thing. So if your tattoo casts spells, for example, mm-hmm. it will use your constitution modifier as your spell attack bonus oh. um, because it's coming from a tattoo on your body. And yeah. so, you know, in order to get the tattoo, you have to be able to withstand the, its magical powers being implanted into your body somehow. Yeah. You, 
there's bigger ones and smaller ones. We're using slots. I, I'm already talking too much. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. What's All right. next? Well, we, we should move on. Well, we're at that point in the show because we have we've kind of like backloaded this show. I think we have a lot to talk about, so it's fine that we're going to go ahead and take our break now. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then we will get into our topic about pre-show prep for DMs and players. But I know we we lost some folks when we had our issue earlier. But I ooh, for those of you watching, I hope you get excited with me. Okay. Because I think if you're in the D&D community, you've probably seen at least one of these shorts, TikToks, YouTube videos, what have you floating around. And that is uh, Windrose. If you don't know who Windrose is, you've probably at least heard people talking about dwarf metal. And I am so excited. I'm so excited because the second that I had seen this come through my feed like I don't even know how long ago this was I was so excited I sent something immediately to Josh and I was like these guys we need these guys and I didn't think anything more of it past that and then Josh just pulled the rabbit out of the hat and said guess what we got Winrose to share one of their videos with us so that's what you guys are getting for our break it's a treat it's dwarf metal enjoy the shit out of it because I am so excited and so pumped and I hope you guys feel that. So Windrose for our break. We have more music parody uh, from Arcane Anthem. We have more deception checks from our uh, illustrious leader, Josh. Um, And then we have some bad lip reading at the end, which people really enjoy. And then when we come back from the break, we will be talking about our pre-show prep uh let's see oh i saw some comments i just wanted to make sure we got them real quick uh upright man's talking about a tattoo system yeah well, we should talk about that if you get a chance tattoo uh, about tattoo man upright man yes <laughs> it could be tattoo man I mean, you don't know <laughs> pick your brains all right all right folks i'm gonna let you guys get to it dwarf metal we will see you guys after the break all right all right bye cool bye Hello there, adventurer. I see your interest in the vast wealth of knowledge I've acquired and stored over the years. That's fantastic. Come in out of the sand and the sun. Take a look around. It's not every day such an interesting and willing group of, uh, guests stumble upon my library. Feel free to explore. It's been years since the last group came through here, and they looked much less promising than you. I'm sure you'll find all sorts of interesting things if you know where to look. But be warned, this library holds more than just books and scrolls, and only the worthy are allowed to leave with the knowledge that they find. So I suppose the real question is, do you have what it takes to impress me? Serve in the elder brain Calling the weak as they find like time to I don't know, suck out your mind 
the way your mind is played right there before me I'm an aberration creeping in the underdark just lurking I share everything with elder brain We speak with telepathy, lawful evil, eat your brain I drop your HP down to nothing Show me what's inside your mind, behind that pretty face I can't dominate monsters, but they take once a day And you can lead your bodies to me, make them wish they fled I'm in the heads inciting dread and now they're wondering Hey there, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. What can we do for you? Hey, I'm Vic. Uh, Vic Mascatoni. And uh, my crew and I, we got us a heist up there at Old Aldor's place in a couple of nights. Now, uh... All right. We're trying to slay the dragon on this one, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, what I need is a, a few high-quality lockpicks, you know. None of that uh, cheap crap that you sell the commoners. Uh, so, what's a rogue got to do to get a good lockpick? What do you got for me? Well, we don't sell parts, but if you're needing help getting into something, we can send a technician out. Ooh, that's even better. So I tell you what, you send them up to Aldor's, right? You bring the lockpicks, right? We'll cut you guys in on the heist. Do it 50-50. Uh, All right. Um, is this heist in a car, a house? What are uh, it's up at Old Aldor's place. He's he's sitting on a, on, a, on a mountain of gold up there, and we just need to get in there and fill up our bags with as much of that gold as we can, you know what I mean? But, uh, you bring your lockpicks, you show up, we'll split it. 60-40. I'm not sure our insurance would cover us sending our technicians. I tell you what, I slide you 2500 up front. Nobody's got to know nothing. You come with the picks. Well, I'm not the technician. I'm just the dispatcher. Well, get me to the technician. He might, might want to make 2500 Um, okay, what's the address? And that's going to be up at... Way... Okay. In which city? Uh, what are we calling here? We're calling Portland, right? Yeah, it's gonna be in Portland. Yeah. You said way? That's correct. This is exactly how it sounds, man. Yeah. Alright, is there a business nearby? I'm not able to pull that address up. Uh, well, you wouldn't be able to pull it up because it's uh, old Aldor's place. And uh, he keeps it under tight lock and key. Why, we need the picks. Alright, well, I'll tell you what. I'll go on down there to the next locksmith and see if they want to make some money. You have a good night, huh?
Listen, son, I give you four cents each for them vanilla wafers. You can eat sand, young man. I mean, this guy's really ridiculous. Oh! Boy, I had one wonder candy and you chewed it. That's because my friend... Oh, dude! Uh-oh. No, I ought to just... I smack you till Friday and it's only Wednesday. I'm gonna leave. Yeah, run on, Prince Valiant. Ah. Hey, we're gonna make this work, all right? Gonna get enough money for your toenail transplants, I promise. Quick, Dad, because the tops of my toes are, like, really slippery. Well, if I can just get this park to work, I'll get that bonus for Mr. Lannister, and we can protect your toes. Hey, guys, I'm White Lightning. Ah! 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 You're a sunburn! Your breath stank, or what'd you eat? What? They're just baby cats. Jeez. Um, did that just happen? Yep. I even let them warm up slowly in the sun. I'm not feeling good. Because we should have not eaten kitten meat. Is that the sound of your bowels? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really need to... Poor baby. <laughs> you need a song. Little bunny bunny. You're so pretty and cute and you're precious to me. It's not doing much good. I love you. Your bunny fur is great. Oh, beautiful bunny, come play. Hey We're folks. Back. Oh my god. Okay. I me. Okay, sorry. I'm just nerding out. I'm really nerding out. I love Windrose so much. <laughs> so I was very uh, excited. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh okay, so let's go ahead and get into our topic because we have a lot to delve into. Um, and I thought we could probably start off with the player side of it, because I think there's plenty of stuff that DMs need to prep for. As players, I feel like maybe prep is a little bit on the leaner side uh, because you're just prepping for yourself, for your character. Uh, whereas DMs kind of have to prep for 
all eventualities. Right. <laughs> so right. as a player, I know you don't get to play very much, but as a player, is there anything in particular that you do to kind of prepare for Absolutely. a game? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. What, what, what do you do? Well, I mean, okay, well, <clears throat> I guess the first thing that I personally do, and I'm bearing bearing in mind that I'm way overboard when I prepare for for, deep, for, for playing because I don't get to do it very often, mm-hmm. and I am an actor, so I have a kind of I draw a lot on that. So I really want to know everything about my character. I, I want to have a voice. You want to know prepared. your character's motivation. <laughs> I, I know who my oh, yeah. You want to know who your character is, and and you want that to interact with your character sheet. You know your stats and what have you have to make sense in regards to that. So you're making a character that sort of gels with their backstory um, and how you intend to play them. So I will do things like testing out. I'll, I'll be driving in the car, trying out new voices and uh, especially phrases. Mm. Um, certain types of phrases and words and 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 things that you're commonly going to say so it's it's really good to have a vocabulary for a particular character because characters don't all sound the same they all speak differently yeah right so um each character needs to have their own vocabulary they need to have their own cadence um and possibly an accent so those are things that i will work on um, and I'm also going to think about uh, what kind of strategies I'm going to employ as far as mechanics are concerned, understanding all your spells, knowing how your spells work, knowing how your attacks and all that shit works. That's all super important. But um, that stuff, I mean, I, I use D&D Beyond a lot, and a lot of that stuff is really quite simple to just pull up on D&D Beyond these days. So I'm not going to spend too much time on the mechanics. It's certainly a thing. But I want to know how my character looks, what their what their interactions are going to be like. Um, when I played Roland, uh, sorry, uh, Tom Hardley, the halfling oh, yes. bard sorcerer in uh, Caitlin's game on on um, Rollstream a few weeks ago, um, I spent a fair bit of time kind of working on his voice and his attitude and. I want to be boots on the ground. I want to feel what it's like to be in that space. That's that's what's exciting about role playing to me. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm not ex- I'm not that excited about the the, the mechanics. The, that's just there to facilitate the story. So for me, it's about being the character and staying in character the whole time as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody enjoys that, so you know, this is don't take this as advice for everybody, but that's that's my approach. Um, I'm a bit of a method actor in that respect, and I will try and do those things. Also, having some props can be really useful. You don't need to have loads and loads and loads of props or costume type stuff. Uh, something as simple as a hood that you can throw up uh, can be good. Um, there's an old adage from the drama industry, so to speak. Um, on In film, if you want to have a kitchen, you have to have a fucking kitchen in a movie, right? Otherwise, yeah. it's not a kitchen. It doesn't look like a kitchen. No one's going to believe that it's a kitchen. But if you're on a stage in a theater or even on a street standing on a little podium, it doesn't matter. All you need is a spoon to sell the idea that you're in a kitchen. Okay. Right. Yeah. Theater is very economical. You only need to suggest the idea of a kitchen. You don't have to have a kitchen. Right. Whereas a movie, it's all about the details. Theater, it's all about suggesting the details and and allowing the audience to elaborate on them. So having 
a prop, any prop, something that's particular to your character. And the thing that's even more important than that is you don't even have to have the prop. You just need to have something in your mind. You need to have a, if you know what things your character has, what objects they have, and what kind of clothes they wear, you know how to play your character in terms of little small interactions. You, you, you might be smoking a pipe, or you might be playing with your hair, or you, you, there's all sorts of things that you can do to play actions. Um, right. And actors can learn to play multiple actions at the same time. So you can do a whole bunch of things all at the same time, never breaking character, and always having something to do. And that all grounds you into your character um because if you're sitting there just like oh yeah i want to move over there i want to do this thing can i make a skill check you know you're not really in character you're 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 playing some sort of thing some the, the character's guardian angel who's sort of ushering the character around but you're not in character right it's, it's different you know um it's more i mean maybe maybe from a point of view like a writer there are people who certainly play like that and in third in third person and i just like to play in first person so yeah i don't know those are my ideas for preparation no um, it sounds like yeah, you more. and i are very similar in that aspect i mean i've never been an actor so i don't know you know if that if, if I'm method acting, if that's what I do. Um, and it sounds like right. Upright Man also. <laughs> we should just all three of us get together at some point and do something. That'd be great. We should but, do it on your YouTube channel. <laughs> but um, yeah, I so I, I can't remember if I told you, but I, I know I've told some friends, um, you know, the campaign that I play in, we're getting at the tail end of that. So I'm already thinking about my next character and I've, right. I'll do dishes and I, same thing. I'm, I'm starting to try out voices and, hmm. and attitudes even, you know, right. because right now I play something that's very, you know, hardcore barbarian with extreme rage and extreme feelings, extreme sadness, extreme rage, right. extreme everything. And so I'm right. trying to find something that feels and tastes a little bit different for the next right. time. So I do a lot well, of that. I do a lot of listening to music um, because yeah. that I'm, I'm very musically inclined. So music really gets me into a headspace. Um, yeah. And also yeah. if I find the right music, the lyrics like, I mean, songwriters, that's what they're paid for, right? They're, they're, it's poetry. And I don't know where this, are you hearing this beeping noise too? Is it just me? Because like, I don't just, know what I, you. I didn't just know what you. I did during the break, but apparently I keep hearing this beeping noise. But anyway, <laughs> um, so where was I? Yes. Um, uh, lyrics, sometimes right. just the lyrics are, are they're poetic enough that they are able to describe a feeling that I'm trying to make tangible that I can't figure out how to. Right. And right. so when I listen to music, it it sometimes it'll perfectly describe the thing that I need for my to find my character right. kind of thing. So I right. listen to a lot of music, um, especially right before I head to a D and D game, and then I'll usually kind of refresh myself with the notes. Because right. I have, important. right, like we have yeah. our Google Doc that we share the players so we can all update this. Yeah. But I also have my own for my own, my own personal agenda that I don't necessarily want the other players to know about right. because I do a lot of planning, like things happened mm -hmm. in the last game. And so now I take that entire month because we play monthly to think right. 
about what how my character is going to respond to that thing that happened and I'll take the entire month to be in that headspace and go would she be angry about that? Fuck right. yeah, she's going to be angry about that. Okay, what's she going to do about it? Right? Like, <laughs> so I have to really, it, it takes me right. a while, but yeah, that's what I do. Oh no, Russell, you better come right back. The internet is just, they've got it out for us tonight. All right, let's see. What's up, Red Man saying? Well, I'm, oh, here we, he's right back here. Good, good, good. You're back. Are we back? You're back. Okay. Oh, man. Fuck, that was scary. It was yeah, scary. Yeah, I was, I was going to add something there too. It's like, as far as preparing goes as an actor, um, the thing about acting is it's got to be specific. And the more specific it is, the more specific the acting is overall, generally, as a general kind of rule, the better it is. Yeah. You can, you can generally play sad, but if you're playing um, specifically I am sad because is much better. And if you can play specifically, I'm sad because blah, 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 but more more to the point, I am playing against my emotion. Playing against emotions is a really powerful tool. Like, for example, you're sad, but you're trying to be happy for the other players or for the right. other characters, right? So they're like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're not okay, you know? That, yeah. That's playing against. So playing opposite to how your character is really feeling really brings out that contrast and, and your ability to, to be that thing. So having thought about those types of things and having little anchors, placing little emotional anchors in the story for yourself so that you can find it, especially if you're playing monthly, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have to drop emotional points in the story that you can reflect on and, and pull back to the present. Right. Um, yeah, having memories mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, one of the things I do with my players as a DM is I ask my players to come up with 10 memories that they will have flashbacks from whenever they make a death save. Yeah. And that's so that's something that I get them to do. So that's their prep. That's their homework, part right. of it anyway. No, so, I think yeah, that's try. actually a great idea. You've talked about that before, and I need to use that in my next campaign because I love that. Um, and Avery says that uh, they make playlists too. So yeah, that's I yeah. I have playlists for many characters in my head. <laughs> um, knowing, knowing who your char- characters are related to is super important because, like the most, like the the biggest factors, the biggest relationship in any character's life is their parents and their family, mm-hmm. right? And players almost always just ignore that. It's re- quite amazing how they just don't want to know about it don't want to think about it i'm an adventurer i'm macho i'm out to have a big adventure i don't want anything to do with family stuff Mm -hmm. but it really makes your character shallow if you don't have that stuff it's you know that might be i'm gonna be like devil's advocate here and it might be because of the whole escapism of the game and they're like i don't want to think about family you know i don't know (laughs) i get that but yeah i agree with you I mean, if it was if we're playing Vampire the Masquerade, um, for example, because we're not just talking about D and D, there are other games in the world. Um, you're going to be considering who your sire is because your sire is super important. Right. You want to think about what your objectives and goals are, and your relationships to the other people in the world, not just the players but the NPCs who you know, how those relationships work. That's probably more important than your stats. Yeah. You know, your stats are, are useful, but that doesn't make a character. A stat block or a character sheet or an inventory 
a character doth not make. Yes. So that's my opinion. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, I mean, we've talked about what you do and what I do as players mm. to prep. Um, but we have kind of a list here of some things in general right. for everyone yeah. to focus on. Now, Russell and I, we've been playing and DMing for a long time. So we don't have to do some of these things like familiarize yourself with the rules, especially if you're, you know, coming into the game new. Um well. No, just on on that yeah. on that. I think that first of all, nobody knows all the rules. Right. Anybody that thinks they do is probably dreaming, unless that's all they do with their life. And if that's their priority, though, well, I really wonder whether their stories are that great. Um, so, I think that there's kind of an impetus or or an obligation to always continue learning the rules. That's a you know, better way. I like that better. Right. Yes. So you are constantly and always learning. And I mean, every session I learn something. Players, they, they know their characters. They learn rules. They know rules. They've played in games with DMs that have really focused on certain rules. And so DMs, different DMs focus on different rules, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you have a player who's played with a DM that's really all about the flanking, they're going to be experts on flanking. And so you might not have ever really used flanking. So suddenly you're like being exposed to this whole part of the system that you've never really considered that much. Yeah. You know? And so now you're like, well, fuck it. I need to learn about that, you know, or certain types of skill checks and so on. I mean, if you've never had a character get, go into death saves, you might need to suddenly look up death saves. Right. Um, and oftentimes players know this shit and it doesn't matter how long you've played, you might not have played this system Um for that long you know so there's, there's so much to learn and your players are your biggest resource for learning rules yeah yeah and that's very true you don't as a player like you said you don't have to know all the rules honestly that's that's that burden is probably more on the dm than the player but just kind yeah. of you know familiarizing yourself uh, re uh, what's the word I'm, you wait, need to know the rules for your part of the game for your part yeah you know make yeah. sure you i think i have this somewhere else down in the list but make sure you understand your character uh your what your character's abilities are the spells you know how all that works yeah. and um, at the very least if you can't know the rules for your character and your spells and so on you need to know where to find them mm-hmm fast yes knowing where to find stuff fast is the most useful thing you can do yeah you know if you um you know if you don't have that stuff hard copy like you know the player's handbook and you don't have little tabs in your player's handbook then yeah. and let's say you bring we when we play we all bring our laptops and ipads and things like that so just have those tabs yeah. open so yeah. that you can just click and boom it's already there ready to reference yeah. you know um, well, i love dnd beyond everything you just mouse over it and right. pop up comes the window with the, the rules for that thing yeah um right. i also tell a lot of especially new players uh that sometimes for me anyway i remember the best way to refresh myself especially with 5e stuff was to just watch real play videos on youtube because right. you're being entertained but also it's kind of this other way of uh, absorbing the rules, the rules. Yeah. yeah by seeing it as an example um yep. so i tell a lot of newbies or people who are joining my games i'll give them certain videos that i'll send them say like watch this start from here watch for these 10 yep. minutes this is an example yep. of this or vice versa yeah um, and and prepping questions for the dungeon master Mm -hmm. is quite useful you know there are certain things about the world that you need to know and you're going into a session you're like okay are we going back to a town that we're that I, my character came from 
but the other players haven't been there before, you know? Yeah. Um, so what do I know that the other players might not know? What can I, who do I know? Um, what relationships do I have with the characters in this town? What have I done in this town? What things do I need to know about it that will allow me to interact with it realistically in a way that, you know, is befitting of the story? Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, communicating with the DM, finding out because some of that information, the DM might say, well, what do you want to do? Like, describe it all. Tell me. Or the DM might have that stuff and say, right. OK, here's this entire, you know, three pages of your town with, you know, these NPCs that, you know, and this shop and, you know, here's a map, yeah. whatever. But yeah. I'm going to tell you, if your DM does that, do them the courtesy of looking it over now not yeah. to say that they have to just run you roughshod and say no 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 i don't like your ideas here's your town but if they do put some of that work in like work with them on it because yeah. they they care about you obviously if they put that work mm. in, into yeah, it to yeah. give I mean, you all I've that information been making a lot of handouts lately mm -hmm. um and you know i'm lucky my players actually read them so that's that's good you know yeah. and they they them and, and get excited about them which is yeah. pretty cool i've had so, players where like we were going to their hometown and hmm. i asked them like what is there anybody that you know anything you want and they were like no no you do whatever and so i provided them and i i tried not to go overboard it was only three pages um but it included right. a map and then like here's the main things that you know about your town and we get to the next session and he never read it and was kind of quickly scanning yeah. it in the middle of the game and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah thanks yeah so i mean he apologized he knew he did wrong I mean, the, but... the truth is players have busy <laughs> weeks you know they they have a lot of yeah. other things on the in their lives and and some some people want to turn up to their game and be immersed in it for two or three hours or four or five hours or however long the game's going to go and then just put it down and go away and live their lives for the rest of the week or month or however other players like you and me we live in those worlds and we spend our time outside of the game preparing for that game and reflecting on the game you know and reflecting is another thing you can do to prepare you know thinking yeah. about what has happened um and how that impacts the present right um you know so yeah so now i mean we've kind of started talking about this as if like the player has their character already set up but if you're coming right. into a, a game brand new you know first game right. uh session zero kind session of thing zero talking. or session one right. what have you and everybody's right. meeting everybody for the first time i've seen this so many times where people come in and they've never even given a thought to what their character looks like and right. that and and then they're just their mind is blown and they're having to come up with a description last minute right. so i would suggest if you don't know what your character looks like that's something you should definitely prepare for what gear do well, they have what you yeah. know what clothing uh, what colors get hire an artist yeah or or, or worse go and make an ai picture mm -hmm. of your character i spent an hour building up an ai picture for uh, one of your friends the other you day. did thank you very much so, <laughs> but you, you know, know what not um, even all that i mean yes ai is available now but even before ai was available i would just google like yeah. i don't know um pink google skin, images of celebrities yeah pink skinned wood fairy blah blah with harp I, you know and i may not get the right thing right. but then i'll start right. getting images that i'm like okay that's close enough this is what i look like and i would at least right. have a picture to show everybody and describe right. something you can put together a kind of mood board for your character 
You know, you can yeah. get a bunch of textures and say, this is the texture of their clothes. This is the cut of their clothes. This is what their eyes look like. This is what their hair looks like. This is the bag of holding that they're carrying. This is their sword. You know, I mean, I, I would do that too. You, you go and find pictures that resemble aspects of your character. They don't have to all, each of them individually be the specific character, but they all feed together into this overall concept and mood of the character and you know you can keep that collection as part of a um character build so to speak you know um, yeah yeah you know, i like that you, you mentioned the mood board i've done that too with my current character because this was all right. you know before ai stuff um right. and avery i'm terrible at drawing things and i'm also terrible at generating ai images so yeah i still do I, I have a mood board for my next character, even though I right. could use AI art and stuff. Well, uh, you could you could get that mood board and give it to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a great great thing to do is get that description and the mood board and hand it over to an artist, um, and then say, right, make me something. Here's right. here's five hundred dollars for your art. Right. And I'm just so for players, I'm not saying this because it's like, you know, you need to be shallow and know exactly what you look like from head to toe. But as a player, I know that I'm not engaged. I'm I'm a visual. I'm a visual person. And maybe not everybody is. But I need to understand what my team and my party looks like. And so like to this right. day, one of the players that that I play with, I have no idea what his character looks like because he's tried right. to describe it but all he's described is that like in the beginning he was fat and bald and then at some point we went through the shadow fell and he lost a lot of weight because we weren't keeping track of how many days we were there and now right. he's not fat but he's still bald and that's all i understand about what he looks like and it's hard right. for me to really like Visualize. visualize who is this right. person that i've been traveling with all this time right. so right. and same thing with the the character that you're generating art for now like i had mm. no idea that's what his character looked like until he started generating images on ai like his descriptions right. were not as detailed specific right <laughs> yeah. one one thing that I, i'm also going to add going back to the sort of how to make your character more than just a two-dimensional cardboard cutout you, if you know that your character is a dwarf or an elf or even a human from a certain place, knowing the more you know about that place, the better, because then you can work on things like the culture of the character. Um, mm -hmm. If they are a cleric, you can look up or create or generate things like rites and rituals and bits of dialogue and things that you can throw in there. You need to know who your deity is. Mm -hmm. You know, who do you pray to or or if they do pray, you know, that type of thing. Um their prejudices are really fucking important because nobody is without prejudices and characters that have prejudices are way more interesting than characters that are just love everything all the time because mm -hmm. blah, you know, in, in the Vangate Chronicles, one of the main themes of the story is that the um, a large amount of the characters are elves and they come from um, a place where the elves are culturally very prejudiced against orcs mm -hmm. and there's reasons for that because there's been a bunch of like um uh history what are they called well history but uh, false flag incidences mm. politically false flag incidences um perpetrated by a usurper king particularly have caused the elves to hate the orcs and to believe the orcs are ready to invade them at any time which is not actually true um and so the players are learning and having to play characters that are prejudiced against orcs and then meeting orcs and discovering that every orc is a different orc. And they, some of them 
are reasonable. Some of them are civilized. Some of them have, you know, different goals and and, and so on. And and they're not all just evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. And so every culture in the world has a set of social accretions that they um, pass on to their offspring by default. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to make a character in my world that is a is an atheist it's not very likely mm-hmm. because why would they be they, they suddenly had this revelation that they should be different to every fucking body else in the whole world just because the player doesn't like the idea of playing a, a religious character well yeah. news you're in the you're in a fantasy world and the Where gods, gods are real yeah <laughs> the gods are real so you know you playing an atheist in that world is kind of dumb yeah. um you know or alternatively playing a, a an elf that loves orcs is very unlikely you need a good reason i mean certainly you can build a reason you can create a backstory that that sort of explains that but having it just by default because you feel like it that's cute but it's not very deep right right so So, yeah i want to touch on a couple things uh that upright man said uh going back to mm. like character appearances if you're not a creative person because not everybody is you know and you can't find an image that you like i like upright man's idea of just you know find one or maybe even two things that are just very unique to your appearance that way there's some yeah. anchor for people yeah. to latch on to that's not exactly what he said i'm paraphrasing but <laughs> right, but right. um that way people have something to latch on to for yeah. how you look yeah. like i said fat well, and bald that, i can at least have that in right, my head <laughs> right. then that works for npcs too when you're a dm and you're describing npcs if you if you say well there's a merchant in the corner that's one thing but if you say there's a a fat merchant with a beard and a, and a bung eye yeah you know, <laughs> suddenly <laughs> they remember that character. You know, there, right. there's something for them, something memorable that you can visualize. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be visual either. It can be something that's just descriptive or emotive. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, or I had habit. to go back to character appearances. But, um, yeah, you were talking about, you know, backstory and making sure you kind of have have some idea of your character's motivation personality and again this goes back to like discussing with your dm because for example like i know our dm has already told us the next campaign that he's doing like we have to create certain types of characters because like right this the it's going to be a very dark world like there's not going to be happy-go-lucky people like you are you're gonna begin your story by running away from something everyone is like that's basically what he said you know so that at least gives us we know already like I can't be a happy gnome with two parents and and nobody's dead and like that's that's not gonna be a reality so make sure you talk with your dm just in case there's some guidelines that you need to follow for creating your backstory your appearances any of that and look look for ways to maximize the drama mm-hmm. right and in a way that that works for everyone too not just sort of some self-indulgent fucking story that makes you more important than everybody else because that's just annoying right you know but look for ways to maximize the drama the more you know about the campaign and the other players the easier that is and the more connections you can form with those other characters the better it will be because the more drama you can incur um, in that respect and you need to make sure that whatever conflicts you have with the other players 
do not outweigh the bonds that you form with them mm -hmm. um, because otherwise the group won't work. You know? So keep that in mind, looking for ways to maximize the drama. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that goes kind of with, um, I had a, an item on the list here about engaging in role playing, which we kind of talked about, but that's not, yes, immerse yourself in your character, but also prepare that you're role playing with a group. And so prepare yourself. Like I know for me, because my character's backstory is very heavy compared to some of the other characters. Like I have to kind of keep track of when I'm having the main character syndrome and right. when I have to like, I need to back off now, this her time is right. over. And you know, that's part of being in this group is sharing and, the and, limelight. And I do have to tell myself, I have to prepare myself to back off, you know, <laughs> part of that part of the answer to that is those relationships. If, if you spend a few minutes, or, or longer, preferably thinking about, okay, so there's four other players in this group. Um, there's a, a rogue, a paladin, and a wizard and uh, you know something like that and you you go okay well how does my character interact with the rogue mm -hmm. spend some time thinking about what that relationship is so that when you go into the game you have that relationship and better yet discuss it with the other player right and do that with every player in the group because then you both have some form of story or background or or relationship that you can play upon so that when you get into that situation and you're in that role playing that relationship becomes the point of focus not the character and not the player mm -hmm. it's about the story unfolding between the characters and if you've done that with all the players and everybody's done it with each other then it becomes a sort of synergistic thing where everybody is playing into the drama and everybody's taking turns because it's part of a bigger thing the whole is greater than the sum of its parts Right. Right. Yeah. That's like, you know, I'm, I'm usually, I, first and foremost, I think about like, how is my character going to react to this? And I'm thinking about it all month. And I know my character wants to behave this way and act this way. But then yes, usually right before the game, I have to tell myself, oh, but this thing also happened to this character. And that's part of his backstory. And I want to make sure I ask him, hey, how's your character do, you know, like in game, I want to play that right. out so that I right. can get him talking about it and maybe things will right. come up. And like, so, you know, prepare Sharing yourself for stuff. that. Yeah, so that you're pulling, maybe pulling other characters into the conversation. Right. Well, one of the things they say in acting is that, you know, you're, you're, you need to make the other actors look good. Mm -hmm. That's your job. Make the other players look good. Mm -hmm. Whatever, you, you can almost never fail. By doing that, if you go out of your way to try and make the other players look better and look good, you make yourself look good. And yeah. it works for everyone. It's a win-win. If you're just there to make yourself look good, not so much. Yeah. You know, you're <laughs> going to look like you're just standing out and being a dick. Mm -hmm. So it's And it's easy to go down that road. And it's, it's a big trap. You know, and then I would say, like, I think you mentioned it, but, you know, I'm talking about in-game conversations, but then there are those times uh, when maybe you have you need to have the out-of-game conversation before the game, whether it's, yep. you know, 
my character's about to do something that is going to be like game breaking or affect your character. It's going to affect your character because there's no way I'm not going to do that. Like my character would definitely do this and you're going to fucking right. hate it and you're going to try to yeah. stop me or whatever, you know, like I've had that right. conversation before and and you can yeah. You know, you, and you can kind of discuss how to how you're going to resolve it generally without it breaking the game, right? And, and not and and have a kind of a meta game conversation. Metagaming is not always bad, right? You right. Know, there is good metagaming. We've talked about that. Yes, we've talked about that. And then I would also say because especially ever since I think with Critical Role, there's definitely a a lot of conversation in the forums about having romances. You know, your characters right. having romances in game and. I would say, because for me, I don't know if it's for other girls, but for me, I'm at a table with all guys. So, you know, that would be something I think I would have to have a conversation with everybody and say, hey, are you guys okay with this? Because if you're a table full of guys that are like bros and like, I don't want romance at this table, then I'm not going to. With gonna... two ogres and two <laughs> down doors. <laughs> then, I, then I wouldn't want to engage in that because that wouldn't be fun for anybody but me. Right? So. Right. Those are other metagaming, out-of-game conversations that you might want to have and say, like, hey, I'm thinking that my character might want to do this. How do you guys feel about it? Is that okay? Like, let yeah. me know if we're doing too much of that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So other ways yeah. to prep for the game. Uh, and then, oh, yeah. Have, okay. Have a pen and paper, for fuck's sake. Bring your dice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Bring your character sheet. All personnel report to the nearest tornado shelter. Oh, goodness, folks. Thank you for sticking around. Yeah. I will, you know, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know what it is. I need to burn some sage or something because we had several shows in our pocket where nothing bad happened we were mm. on a roll and it's been like three weeks of just bad bad things happening on our show so guys we're back we're back come back yeah. everybody come back now <laughs> come back. okay where were we so we were kind of okay i think we were kind of talking you were talking about bringing your notes bringing your pencils all, right. bring all your that pencils. stuff yes you know? yeah prepared. bring your brain I would say yes, as a player, okay, you don't have to take copious notes of every little thing, right? But some notes would be helpful because I have had players where they come to the session and I do the recap. I, As the DM, I usually do the recap. Yeah. Um, however, I've seen it done where like my DM, he doesn't always do the recap. He'll have one of us do the recap because then he yeah. wants to hear what we're latching right. on to which is because smart. everybody's got a different right. point of view right right so um <laughs> hold on i gotta see what everybody's saying here this show is cursed yes we do need a good cleric too well <laughs> russell's very upset about that um but we do need a good cleric i'm telling you i have sage i'm gonna burn it before the next show because i just don't know what happened um just thinking about taking notes for online games i've started using google keep I'll have to look at it. I don't know what Google Keep is, but that's interesting. Um, okay, so yes, prepare some form of taking notes, whether it's pencil, paper, doodles, um, Google Docs, whatever. Uh, it would just be helpful to, to so that you're not lost because I've had players go, wait, what was that name? And then like 
they're they're waiting and relying on some other player to dig up that information and i'm like well if it's important to you then you should have taken the notes (laughs) that's just my my stance yeah look i i stream a lot of games and that's really useful because then you have a recording um, and that you either have moved to YouTube or, or it's still on the, you know, you can highlight parts of it or what have you and keep it on Twitch. But some of my players go back and watch those recordings and then take their notes from those. That's and smart. Th- that gives them a great opportunity to review the story. I mean, it's really irritating sometimes mm-hmm. because they come back and go, Russell, you used the wrong NBC name in episode uh. four <laughs> and scene blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. They pick out all your mistakes, of mm-hmm. course, as a DM, but that's useful. And you, you know, it's great for them because they have that resource. It's fantastic. So, I mean, I really recommend if you can record your game and yeah. better yet, I'm, I'm, I'm yet to do this, but I'm, I'm working on figuring out a system to get some sort of, some sort of uh, transcript um, from each game oh, because with great. that transcript, I'm pretty sure I can pump that through some AI shit and yeah. do stuff with it. Yeah. Right. That's my plan. Yeah. Um, I so was actually going to throw I... that out too, was um, yeah. if you're bad at note taking, you know, every phone, I think at this point has like a voice recording app and you can just exactly. pop that onto the table and then don't yep. even think about it. But yep. then you, just like your, then, your folks watch the podcast. videos. Yeah, that's true. You got <laughs> Instant podcast, you know, um, look, another the thing, thing about it is that that's that... not searchable. Like, you know, like having a Google doc, at least we have a searchable, that's dang true. near 200 That's page true. document at this point but right you know one any, thing any i've started that doing do that i'm testing i haven't really figured out if this is going to work well yet but I'm, I'm working on it at the moment is after each session i've started uh each each campaign that i'm running because i run about five or six at the moment um has a different chat gbt chat and uh-huh. i type into it at the end of each session um oh my notes about what happened, what Mm -hmm. I, what I remember happening. I just put them in there and then I get it to spit out a summary. Yeah. So I get a summary of each session now, um, at least from my notes and I can, and I have to correct the summary because sometimes the chat GPT goes, Oh, I'm just going to make some shit up and, and tell you how that thing happened. And and it's like, no, no, I'm afraid that's not how it works. So I have to correct it. But I end up with a summary pretty quickly. And that I am thinking is going to end up being a blog. Mm -hmm. It's going to go in player notes um, and so on and so forth. It's going to be a really useful resource. If I was a player and an overall campaign, I would use ChatGPT to write down everything that happened Mm -hmm. so that I can know who was the guy that we met in the tavern in the thing in session eight. Yeah. And you could probably GPT even can... use ChatGPT to just remember everything that's in your inventory for you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. Like uh, your bag yes. of holding. <laughs> you know? Fuck yes. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> could have a chat for different subjects like that. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't necessarily use one chat to try and do for everything it. because it yeah. does get confused um, and it makes shit up from time to time. So yeah. be careful. But I think it's going to be a really useful tool like that. Yeah, yeah. So aside from taking notes, players, I think at the very end of it, I just want to say that um, if you guys as a group select your next session date or time or whatever, block that time off. Just try your best to minimize 
distractions. Like if you know yeah. you're going to be busy from this time to this time on this date, make sure you've got your life set up. Make sure you eat in advance or make sure, you know, whatever it is that you need to do because you know, the DM's done a lot of work. You've got several and, people and, and all committed. And if you flake, it's notify, <laughs> notify your flatmates, yes. notify the people around you that you're going to be doing this thing and you need complete silence. Yes. <laughs> so no interruptions. Um, and them. that also means, I mean, cause you know, I guess it depends on your table, but like at our yeah. table, we really try not to be on our phone at all during the game. Yeah. Now, yeah. some people don't like that or some people are uncomfortable having that as like a house rule. But yeah. I just, I don't know, as a common courtesy, man, like prepare yourself to on. not be on your phone. And if that means yeah. that you got to tell people, hey, I need you to take the trash out tonight because I'm not going to be home and I need you to do that and text all of that in advance. Get it all out of the way. Don't be on your phone. That would be greatly appreciated, I'm sure, by everybody at the table because then everybody is in the game. Um, that's just my personal opinion. But <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then feedback uh, to the DM and the players is valuable, meaning, um, you know, this all goes back to communication, right? But like whether it's before the game or after the game, like tell the DM you know, hey, you did a good job. I really liked this encounter today because da 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 da. That's communication to the DM. Or like, you know, we have a new player at the table that is really great at role playing. And I want everybody to know that like, in my mind, this guy is welcome at our table anytime. And I want everybody to know that. So that's like feedback and communication to prepare everyone that like, hey, maybe we'll have this guy back. Maybe we're going to add a sixth player to the table. Moving on. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily qualified as preparation. I think it's just communication, but it's all, yeah. you know. Yeah. Look, here's, here's another thing that you can do as a player is that is to take note that your DM is probably doing a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and given that they are doing so much to prepare, unless you've got a really talented or really lazy or a really talented and lazy DM, um, you can do things to prepare such as ask the DM if there's anything you can do to help. Mm -hmm. You can assist with things like laying out the maps. Some of my players are amazing and do stuff like they take photos at the end of each session of the of the grid map on the table and the miniatures. And then the next session, they set it all up exactly how ah. it was from the photographs that they've taken. Um, that's, great. that's really helpful. And they post those photos in the Discord that we have for our, you know, we have a Discord channel for every game session or sorry, every campaign. So they post that stuff as well. So there's this record of where they've been, what they're doing, so on and so forth. Um, that's really useful. There's all sorts of things that DMs love you to help with, other things they probably don't want you to help with. So ask before you do stuff. Um, don't just go and go ahead and do a bunch of shit unless you're pretty sure that it's going to be okay and feed your your dm chocolate cake yeah feed i was going to say food um but yeah whether it's chocolate cake or not um food or is always appreciated in the case of avery's always snacks. giving me licorice and snacks and things and, and i love them yeah. for it but yeah, yeah. So, all right, man, I honestly didn't think we were going to take that long on player prep, but there is a lot, prep. you know, There's that's just lot. player prep. Yeah. Okay, so we DMs. We haven't started DMing talk yet. DMs. Let's start. Okay, right. let's talk about what you and I do to prep right. as a DM. You want to start. Why don't you start? You want me to start. Okay, so I'm going to show off. It's not beautiful because it's not finished yet but i think it's beautiful my husband does some like woodworking on the side and he made me this dm screen particularly because when it comes to initiative 
I like a very dynamic initiative tracker where I can move things around and they have like magnets on them and stuff. So he made me Ooh. this DM screen, which I'm going to show off. And it's like right now, it just looks like a bunch of wood. That's the backside. Oh, on the back. It's blocking your audio a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's true. But okay. Well, anyway. The backside has these hooks that kind of fall off, but I that's where I put the iPad, so I have a visual for my players. But then, right. okay, if I, if you guys can see these little initiative trackers yeah. here, they're on wow. little magnets so that I can kind of like, and I, like, these are just made with cardboard and paper, but, like, it has the character's name and just a little picture. So nice. I have them all up here, and I can move them around. Here's my, you know, NPC one. I have a little color-coded things so i know yep. who that belongs to uh dm1 i have dm2 dm3 if i have multiple monsters on there i have a layer action um little tab but they're all just magnetic so i can you know pick up pick up Shift and move them, them. but then what's nice. great is on the back side which i'm not going to show you because apparently this thing is so big that it's blocking my audio is that on the back side because everything's all magnetic i have my own uh information on the backside of like you know what their uh passive perception is and you know all my little homebrew rules and things like that that i can you know move around so it's very customized so this is part of my dm prep because whatever they're doing like right now i loved the fact that we're going into the mountains where we're doing this whole side thing that my characters decided to just do up up and do without me (laughs) thinking of thinking about prepping it and so i was like oh no i need a map of this area and so i just quickly put the map up with magnets boom it's it's on my dm screen now um so yeah that's part of my prep i also uh will oh man my brain just like totally blanked out (laughs) um okay so when it comes to my in-person games I always yep. have, you know, terrain that I've made or what have you. I have my map set up. I have encounters set up for like if they do this or this. Now, granted, as a rule for any DM, you can prepare for everything, but you need to prepare for the fact that they will do something you didn't prepare for. Um, so I have I a million, that. a million tabs open for different generators, like you know, NPC generators, a town generator, just a name generator of like place names and castle keeps and things like that, like names for everything. Um, oh, Names are super important. And then I would say it once you get to know your players a little bit better, you'll start having specific things that you have to prep for. Like I have a player who likes to pickpocket all the time. And it's like right. just to have a, a D100 table of like random things that are in things people's pockets. Yeah. Right, just, right. And right, it, it, right. it it got to the point, I remember the, the first time that she did it, I was so like flabbergasted. And I, right. I think I, like, I'm I not going this. through that again. Yeah. So I have this. Um, this was before I had any kind of tabs and online generators. But I have this little random tables book that I got. Nice. And nice. so luckily there was like, I think something about in pic- things that are in, in pockets. And I wasn't paying attention to what it was. And so I read like a cat tail. And this person was like a, a merfolk kind of person and she was pick pickpocketing them <laughs> and they pull out a cattail and then somehow they this she got really confused about it and was like started doing investigating, like why did she have a cattail? And I had to on the fly come up with this idea about why merfolk are totally obsessed with cattails and that everybody has one. It's like a good luck charm, like a rabbit's foot. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. 
It was no, so stupid. So now I have things prepared for when this person pickpockets and they're not going to be some off the wall thing that I now have to create a whole backstory for like cattails right. and merfolk. But anyway, <laughs> um, and then the other things I have a bunch of these old books, like old video game books, uh, Morrowind, any of those types of games. I mean, you know, cool. I still right. keep them and then they have, a million quests in them, people's names, factions, things like that, that I'm like, already done. I got it. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think if that's all I do to prepare. Oh, I also like to prepare music because yes. I want to know, like, okay, we're going to the Goliath area, so this area has this type of music. It's very, like, tribal-y kind of music. And so right. I'll have, I'll make sure I have like tribal music that's like calm for exploration but then i also have like a high speed one for if there's a chase but then i also have like a very heavy deep one with like battle drums in case they get into a battle like so i like to yeah, prepare moods that. yeah um yeah and then lots of props we we've talked about props and handouts lots and lots of props for me yes so wow I love yeah. your DM screen. That's fantastic. You should totally pass on my uh, sincere imp impressedness to, <laughs> to your husband for making that. It's awesome. Thank you. I'll have to post pictures because I that probably yeah. really didn't do it justice, just passing it yeah. through like that. Do you that, have an Instagram? But, uh, I do, but really it's named for my dog because i'm obsessed with my dog <laughs> well you should get an instagram for your youtube channel and your, and your oh, presence no i have an instagram for purdy nerdy yes but right. and i will share it on purdy nerdy that makes right. yes more sense yeah. than sharing it on my dog channel <laughs> yeah yeah i would say that's probably a good idea all right wow. so what about you okay well i i, I i'll show you how about okay. that all right okay so you? do i need to do the screen share thing do the screen share thing do all the right screen share thing. All right. All right. So Let tell me, me when you're up, because I'm. While we're screen sharing, I won't be able to see the uh, the Facebook feed. Oh, actually, I might be able to move it. All right. It should be um, up. Are you ready? Should be up. Okay. Bring it on. All righty. Here we go. So everybody, you should be seeing Russell's screen <laughs> and still hearing us. All right. This is the Can first time we've done us? this. Can you still hear us? <laughs> Somebody say something in the chat if you can still hear us. All right, so um, <clears throat> what you're looking at right now is incarnate, and you'll notice that along the top of the screen there are a whole shit ton of what look at, look like tabs, but they are in fact not tabs. They are instead tab groups. You will see they pop open and close like such. Now inside these tab groups, I have one tab that's called RKDM, and inside that we have... This is my Google Documents folder. So I have a whole bunch of shit in here. Um, now, normally, I won't have anything in the search bar, and it will come up with just the latest stuff that I've been using and doing. Um, can you still hear us? Yes. Uh, uh, Upright Man says he can hear us. And Avery says, uh, spoiler warning, I recognize those steps. <laughs> you recognize those steps. Hilarious. Okay. Um, right. Well, that's because they're from Incarnate, and Incarnate only has so many types of stairs. So, and that happens to be my favorite one, and so on and so forth. Anyway, so 
Um, I have here a document which is a spreadsheet in Google Docs where I have links to many of the important documents that I have made that I use. And this by far does not give us all of them. In fact, I don't actually use this document as much these days because I've just searched for them because there's becoming so many documents that I just can't fucking be fucked spending an hour <laughs> adding links into this document. But I do always have this document open and it will take me to all these other documents that I've created um, that are useful to me. And you'll notice that there's more tabs down the bottom. So for Vampire the Masquerade, I've got a bunch of tabs. For Dragonlance, I haven't done anything yet. I have a bunch of names here just because wherever you, wherever I am, on whichever, whichever tab I'm, am, I'm on, it's almost always going to happen that... Um, I'm going to need a name and I'm on the wrong tab and I need one place where I know there's some names. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I can just pull some names out of my ass um, at quick notice. Now along the top here, I've got like NPC profile. This is the gangs of Vangate. You'll notice along the bottom are a bunch of different tabs with more information on these gangs and so on and so forth. So that's that. Um, the city of Vangate, I've got, uh, all of the various houses, notes on the guards, the military, various factions, districts. Under the districts, we have all sorts of shit in terms of tabs here. Um, let's pull that up a bit so we can see it. That's Anyway, that goes on and on. Um, inside the walls, various so, other districts. Upright man. Upright Man says Foundry VTT makes all this painless as well as player notes and all that, and you can have notes right. at a place. Yeah, and, and I'm a cheap fucker, and I'm not paying them. So <laughs> there's that. But, you know, if someone wants to donate money to my Patreon um, and and let me do that, then I'm totally into it. But, um, yeah, but this is, this is just using Google Docs, which is entirely searchable, of course. Right, right. So, and also Google Docs will soon be integrated with ChatGPT. So... It kind of is, but it's not very reliable right now. So we'll see. Oh, so then know, I have. I should have. Sorry, yeah. I'll get back to it. But I, I just realized as you're going through all this stuff that you're showing for DM prep that like, yeah, I, I could have totally done a thing on World Anvil because that's where all my stuff is on. But maybe we'll right. do that another time. Right, for sure. Um, okay, so then I've got my player characters along the top and here in a tab that's called PCs. So when I, I want to have access to all my player characters. So, I mean, especially because one of my players, Barry, is quite blind. And so I usually have to roll for him. Um, so I need to have his character sheet open. And having everybody's character sheet gives me a chance to quickly review what they've got. And if, if I suspect that somebody's accidentally or on purpose doing something that's a bit weird, mm -hmm. I can go and check on their character sheet, open up their spells and go, is that really how Booming Blade works? Yeah, I do that too. I have all my characters' uh, tabs open as well, usually because right. they have questions and it's just so much easier to figure out how right. that, so their thing works. Exactly. So here's Incarnate, which is for maybe making maps. Um, and in here I've got, this is a map I've just been working on recently. Um, I'll have a look at some of the other maps I've been making. I've been making a lot of battle maps recently, but um, also have world maps like uh, this one, which is going to load. Um, so yeah, I use all of these different tabs all at the same time. Um, and it's very useful. Now, don't, bearing in mind that I'm also usually streaming, so mm. I would have another two or three tab folders as well that just relate to streaming. For example, mm. Twitch, 
um, and Streamlabs and so on all going on. Right, so here's the world map, um, and using this, what's fantastic is I know that the player characters are heading into an area down here, for example, um, and I want to make another map from that. I can just resize that map, grab a section of it, and spit it out. I'm mm -hmm. not going to do that because I've already done it, and I have those maps all hidden away um, up in here. Mm -hmm. um, so you can see there's quite a few maps I've been working on. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the basics of it. Um, but the most important thing for me really is being able to just quickly type in here and say, okay, they're going to come across the Barakyle Envoy. So type that in, and we have various documents that spit out. There's, there's a map of the Barakyle Envoy's um, complex in Vangate and the Citadel of Karkonos. We have uh, huge amounts of notes over here um, that describe everything from, you know, how they work and who they work with to their hierarchies and rulerships and councils and so on and so forth. The quest for the Book of Israel, their inquisition and the goals and objectives of the inquisition, that's all in there. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, useful stuff like that. So some sort of database really is what you need. Yeah, um, I was going to say that's probably key um, because I see a lot of DMs or new DMs, you know, posting about that in forums about like, how do you keep all this straight and how do you organize right. it all? Uh, I've seen people use OneNote, um, people use Google Docs, you know, and, and, and just like what you're doing and all the various tabs. I use World Anvil, uh, which if you're not familiar, is kind of like creating your own wiki with like links that connect to other documents within World Anvil. So it's the same similar, you know, process. Um, a database. That's the best and way to I, describe I it. Pull up this. Uh, this is this is Stable Diffusion Excel. This is ClipDrop. Um, a lot of the new AI art generators use this um, underlying architecture, just spits out NPCs. You can make an NPC in, in five seconds, you know. Um, he looks like... Here we come. Any second now. There you go. There's your Goblin Shaman leader or yeah. various versions. You know, bang, it's that simple. And these are useful things. This is potentially the Winter Queen. I was doing these this morning. Um, so, you know, kind of cool. There you go. Um, so there's lots of things you can do. Also, you'll find that this is a cunning plan. You go into Incarnate and you make a map that looks something like... Where's the good one? Uh, let me see. Where did I put it? Right, so this map here... Um, is quite a cool map because it's fairly simple and it doesn't have a lot on it. And what I found is I can take that into something like ClipDrop, um, which has a tool where you can... Uh, where's it gone? Image Upscaler. Hang on, we'll go to the main page. Um where to go? Uncrop, right? So you take a map into here. Um, do, 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 do. Where's my shit? Where's <laughs> so my shit? Are you talking about maps right now? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, I was I figured I'd fill the silence and uh for DM prep uh you could do theater of the mind. Uh yes. which is like just prepare detailed descriptions. You don't need a map for it. Uh but just have a detailed which there are description generators online. I have found them recently and I love them. Aside from ChatGPT, but you know, now you've got ChatGPT, so you've got that. Um Right. And then Okay, you know, so I'm loading up a map here, right? Okay, so you can see that. Um, and I'm going to make it quite small in the picture. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get uh, stable diffusion to build the rest of the fucking map. That's cool. And I don't know how well it's going to work, but sometimes I've had some good success with that. So that's sort of taken the theme of what I've already done and just added a bunch of shit to it. Mm -hmm. um, and we get different versions of it. That's, that's not cool. a bad one. Yeah. You know, um, so that's quite a good way to, to pull things out of your ass if you need yeah, to. Yeah, especially, yeah, if you prepare a map and they're like, oh, but now we want to go here. And you're like, oh, I right. wasn't prepared for you to go here. Well, now you can do this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. And so um, uh, along the top here, you'll see that all of these tabs, right? So this is just for each each campaign has its own tab. Mm -hmm. um, now, I use Roll20. So as you can see here, the great thing about Roll20 is that you can put hexes on it and mm -hmm. every hex has a number. Mm -hmm. um, so that's quite handy. And you can do things like measure distances from Dagdagiel mm -hmm. um, all the way to, let's see, Dagdagiel to Van Gate is 3,000 miles. Mm -hmm. dun, 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 dun. Um, and you can plot a route by going doop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop. And that's your distance, 3,400 miles to Dagdagiel uh, from Van Gate. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of fun. And then going back to our travel episode, now you can figure out how you want to uh, run those sessions, knowing how long they will be traveling. Right. This is a session I ran last night using a map that I made uh, a few days ago um, where they fought some trolls. And, you know, you have various layers on your map where you've got your GM's layer, your token's layer, your map layer, and so on. And you can bring creatures back and forth. Now, what you do have to do as far as prep is concerned is you have to make sure you have access to all of those things. So, you know, you have to have somewhere in here all of your tokens and stuff prepared before you start. Mm -hmm. um, set your fog so, of war all that <laughs> yeah right yeah. fog of war M making sure that you've set up your dynamic lighting and that every character is got uh the correct vision for that character and so on and so forth yeah. so yeah i guess that's kind of the overall general idea of of prep as far as a session is concerned when it gets more complicated when you start talking about um more general things like themes and moods and tones and overarching character arcs and all of that kind of fun stuff. So I see Lotharian is still in here um, for some reason. He's obviously <laughs> just didn't want to leave. He's just living it. <laughs> He's living just living there. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Now, so as far you... as the, oh, go ahead. beyond is concerned, sorry, I guess this is probably my last little thing here. Um, I have tabs for encounters. So this is my Barakyle Envoy encounter, I'll close that. Then we have some Driders over here. These are just random encounters. Don't take these as anything um, that I'm actually going to run anytime soon or probably have already run them. Um, we have, so Chamber 1, I might have a tab that just says Chamber 1. Mm -hmm. And inside that encounter is some Drow Slavers. Um, inside Chamber 2 is 
some other stuff. Now, if you're using Roll20, you can simplify this process vastly. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be a lot easier because you can just drag and drop stuff onto the map. It's got the encounter builder all in there. It all just works very seamlessly within Roll20. I just yeah. don't like Roll20 and I have a subscription yeah. um, for the Indie Beyond. So, and I, I get Roll20 for free from my job. So, Ah, That's that handy. takes care of what Upright Upright Man said. You use Roll20. I thought you said you were cheap. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Well, I don't pay for it. Yeah. I don't pay for Roll20. So there's that. D&D yeah. um, yeah, Beyond, there's a thing called Above and uh, Above. Well, it's D&D Above VTT. So you've got Above and Beyond. And uh, the Above VTT plugs in perfectly into uh, D&D Beyond. And it works like Roll20, but better than Roll20. And it only runs D&D 5e. So it's very simple, cut down, and uh, streamlined, mm -hmm. which I love. Um, so then it's free and you know, it's just a plug-in yeah. built by the makers of D&D Beyond. So I recommend that also. Um, I guess the final thing, and I guess we can close this uh, whole window now. We've gone mm -hmm. through all of these tabs and stuff. Oh, wait, close it now or wait until um, you're done with your final thing? Yeah, that was it. That was it. The, the last thing I want to say, I probably I can say it to the, to the camera um, really, to talk about the differences between preparing uh -oh. for a Hold home on. brew. You are frozen. I'm I frozen. Think. Look at that. Ah, <laughs> ah. Let's I'm see making faces. what's going on here. Hide on stream. Oh no, it's it's at my end apparently. Oh, um, it is. Okay. So, yep. I can. I'll work on fixing that while I, while I'm talking. Okay. But um, okay. So I run most of my games in the world of Sidariel, which you've kind of just had a bit of a preview of. Now, typically there might be cases where you're running a game that's uh, set in a like an actual campaign setting like Dragonlance or something like that, or you're running a module. Preparing for a module is very different to preparing for your own homebrew campaign, obviously. There's a big difference. So, you know, how you think about that, how would you, how would you prepare for a homebrew thing versus a you know, a campaign module. I'm going to ask you that while I fuck around with my camera. <laughs> well, see, you could totally do that, but I have never run a, I, I, the closest thing I've run to a module was I, I did try to run the minds of Fendal, blah, 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 whatever Fendel that I can, yeah, that I, just for my son and his friend for like one night when he had a sleepover, but they never got through it because they were very young and got sidetracked and played video games instead. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I right. don't run modules. I love homebrew. So. Yeah. And I'm sorry if you haven't seen this yet, but I'm dying laughing because while your face was stuck, Upright Man said, oh, it's his vampire face. And then Avery <laughs> said, Avery said, you've made too many faces and it's stuck that way. And I couldn't, I just, yep. sorry, I was laughing. Anyway. All right, Fair so uh, we've talked about what we do, and honestly, I could probably tell you that what we've talked about is probably not even the half of it. That is the very yeah. quick and dirty because we've got a show to run. This is what we do. Uh, but let's get into the whole list of what DMs can do to prepare. Number one, storyline and plot, because you were talking about modules, right? So if you're running a module, Get yourself familiar with that module. Reread it, especially the section that you're going to run that night so that you don't have to, you know, all of a sudden get caught up and go, uh, and I don't remember what's going to happen and now I got to find it. Like, or like Russell said, be prepared that 
if you don't remember, like, where do you find it? Find it quickly. How do you find it quickly? Put a tab on it or something like that. Be prepared. Um, if it's homebrew, I mean, see, this is why I do homebrew because for me, it's in my brain. So I don't necessarily have to do things to, there you are. I don't necessarily have to do things to remember anything about my world because it's my world. It's already in my brain. Like there's a few things, usually the very detailed minutia of things that I need to look at. But otherwise, that's why I homebrew. Um, and then have backup plans because you're running a session. You okay, Russell? I'm just checking to see if I was frozen again, but it turns nope. out I was just sitting really still. You were. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I would say have backup plans, right? Because I, I'll i go, okay, I'm trying to think of a good example here. Ah, so my players were in a town that I described as uh, if you mashed Las Vegas and Greece together, this is what you get. It's this huge city that's got like a ton of nightlife, but it's got all the elegance of Greece, right? And uh, they went to an area that was like, oh, I thought for sure they're going to play all the gambling games. They're going to go into the, the fighting pit. They're going to do all this fun stuff. And so I had prepped a lot of that. And that's when I learned as a DM that you have to prepare for the unprepared because they didn't do any of the things that I thought they would be interested. They completely bypassed. They looked into that bar and went, yeah. Nah. And then like turn I think they did like one or two things in there and then they turned around and did something else completely. So all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, uh well, if they're not going to do that and they're not going to do the fighting pit, what's the encounter for today?" Because I like to try to make sure that it's not at least for my games, I'd like to make sure that they have like some kind of fight or encounter and then the rest is role play. So if it's not going to be the bar fight, crap what's it gonna be and I had to come up with something on the fly so backup plans you know I would say if this is your encounter think about the if then this that if they do this right. then this will happen but if they don't do that what happens think about it <laughs> be prepared for that yeah uh NPCs uh which nowadays you know you just have a tab open there's an npc generator but now it's got descriptions it's got pictures like what you showed you've got names you've got what their deity they follow what they're wearing like all of that stuff so i just have a tab open for an npc generator because that's bound to happen they're gonna they're gonna come up and say ah uh, what's this lady's name well right, right. <laughs> it's this um we already talked talked about maps and locations have descriptions prepared if you're doing theater of the mind have maps handy if you're going to do maps prepare a list of nearby potentially relevant important locations or dungeons or cities or landmarks so that, that's an interesting that point that is an interesting point because i'm just going to also add to that is that sometimes you don't have to do as much preparation as you think you do because let's say you're like there's town A and there's town B and there's town C. Which town do you want to go to? But the players don't need to know that actually the first town that they go to is going to be the same town. It doesn't matter which direction they go or which right. town they choose. They're all the same town. You know, the prep that you've done is not suddenly irrelevant. You don't have to go away and generate a whole new town because they decided to go to a different place. Right. You know, it yeah. only matters when they decide to go to the second town. Right. So ultimately, you're buying yourself time. You're not actually solving the problem entirely, but that's what you need to know. That's 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 a that's a useful technique. 
Yeah, and I am going to promote a Matt Colville episode, which I think he just posted. It was a few months ago, but it was prepping the game and how it's easy and stuff like that. But he mentioned, and and I'm not going to explain it as eloquently as he does, but he basically goes through the same concept of like, you know what, just, you just need to prep like this very minimum thing. And like, you don't even need to know why the, these kids are missing from this village because your players are probably going to go, I wonder if it's this, or I wonder if it's this. And one idea that they shoot out is going to be a great idea. And you're going to go, yeah. That's why. Yes. And now you start leaning into that. So you don't even have to prep everything. Sometimes the best <laughs> the sometimes the best preparation is to create a mystery or a problem that right. you don't even know the answer to and then see what comes of it. Because somewhere along the trail, you know, they're going to keep looking for the answer until something plausible begins to emerge from the story that it unfolds, you right. know, and then that becomes the story and that becomes the reason or the or the thing. You know, right. and when you're improvising, that's super useful. Not always your best work, to be fair. You know, I personally find that, yes, I can go into a game without having done any preparation at all. And it can be fun and great and wonderful. Mm -hmm. Usually it'll be OK. But you're if I go into it again. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> but if, if I go into the game, oh, no, you're not. Having, un you're unstuck. Great. <laughs> if I go into the game, having done some prep. Then all of my powers of improvisation are now freed up to yes. use to take that to a new level as opposed to barely meeting minimum requirements. Right. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's very noticeable to me when I have, I can, I can tell how much I've prepped and how much I haven't prepped. Uh, because yep. when I have those sessions where I haven't prepped as much, it's a struggle to come up with some of those things. You're right. Like my brain is now allocated to other things. Yeah. Whereas if I have a lot of that prepped, then now I can really f be free. So, yeah. yeah, you can explore it a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I find that, I mean, to be fair, as I said, I stream a lot of games and the, the, the problem for that, for that, with that is that takes up a lot of mental bandwidth just mm -hmm. streaming. I mean, as you can see, we're streaming now and it's that half of your mind because you're doing the, you're running the stream. Half yeah. of your mind is taken up or half of your RAM is being used just yeah. keeping the stream running and worrying <laughs> about all the technical shit. Mm -hmm. And it makes it that much harder to actually DM or present or whatever you're doing. So, right. you know, be, bear that in mind. If you are planning on streaming anything, it's going to be much harder than just DMing. Yes. Um, Okay, so let's see. I love that Upright Man said I'm too OCD to not know the answer. I will tell you, I thought that way too in the beginning because I am anal when it comes to planning. Um, yeah. But I have definitely learned, for me anyway, and I think it's just because I have a very steady party. So maybe maybe it's because I've learned them that I know exactly how much I need to prep for now um, and what I don't need to prep. Uh <laughs> The other thing there regarding prep in that in that respect, you can prep, you can sit down for two hours and do a bunch of prep that can cover you for three sessions. You don't yeah. have to do all, you don't have to prep each session as much. You, you still have to do a little bit of prep for each session. You've got to get your shit out and, and open up your tabs or whatever. But if you've sat down and you've spent some time preparing the story arc, already you know what the big picture is and you've broken that down now you're only prepping much smaller chunks of information yeah yeah so uh this is where okay i plan 
for my encounter, which I think is going to be the encounter they're going to do. But I still right. always have at least one or two backup encounters for that. Like, ooh, yep. what if they don't do this thing that I think they're going to do? Then this is going to happen. So then this is what the encounter would look like. Okay. Yep. So I think through a few scenarios because I like to make my terrain. That's why. So I have to plan because I want to have that terrain prepared. I yeah. I mean, I, I have a, a draw, like what are those, the, the maps that you can draw on. And I have one of those and it works. But it, for me, that's not fun. And maybe my players don't care. But for me, that's fun to be like, ta-da, look at this thing I made for you. Like, right. <laughs> so, awesome. so anyway, so that's, you know, I plan for a variety of encounters or scenarios or what have you. I must admit, I, I generally draw my maps on the fly during yeah. live sessions. I might have a plan, but I, I still yeah. kind of just draw it. I don't generally plan terrain, um, right. you know, like you do. So I, I really envy that. That's a great. That's, oh. that's a great. Thing to I do. mean, you know, yeah, it, it's a place. it's a catch twenty two because, like, like I said, you know, I've prepared terrain now well, that I'm sitting on. There. I'm sitting on for months. Yeah, and they may never go there. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So yeah, plan a few monster stat blocks. Uh, yep. you know, I think we talked about with scaling and homebrewing monsters, like, yes. I, I like the idea of doing encounters in waves. And I think Mac Holville also talked about this, but like, you right. know, plan for they're going to fight, you had driders up, right? They're going to fight two driders. But if that looks like maybe in the first encounter or, or the first round or two that like, they're just wiping the floor with these it. things then yeah. you need to have a couple other monsters that make mm. sense that would mm. go along with driders or this area yeah. that they're in that can now show up in the the second round or third round to make the yeah. encounter harder so have some monster stat blocks on hand and, and also time is a factor too because you need to be able to pace the story and so having extra encounters prepped um you know i as i said streaming and i get to like 30 minutes before the end of the stream and the story's kind of flagging a little bit and they've done the thing that I had planned a little bit too quickly. Oh, I'll throw an encounter there, you know? And so thus having those encounters prepared are useful. Yeah. And as you talk about waves too, like last night we had a, a well and I had trolls climbing out of the well in waves. Um, so part of it is also, so you can test out how they're going to deal with a monster. So you throw one of them at them. Mm -hmm. And then you throw two of them at them and then you throw a third one at them. And then the, now, so in the first couple of rounds, they're only fighting one troll in the second, third, fourth round, they're fighting two or three trolls and it kind of gets bigger and worse mm -hmm. depending on how they're doing. Cause if they're being overwhelmed, you don't want to throw in the fourth, fifth, sixth troll, you know, if they're, if they're sucking, if they're getting their asses kicked um, or their dice are just, you know, two of the players have been unconscious twice in the first round from the first troll. Well, maybe right. you want to pull back a little bit. So right. Don't yeah. Don't don't send in those extra trolls. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, loot and rewards. I Ooh, that's hard. I'm the worst at because I always forget to prep it. I and I don't mm. want to say always. But there are a lot of times I forget to think about, I planned this really cool encounter. Now, what kind of loot would they find here that makes sense? Because there are online loot generators and I do use them a lot, but I feel like I have to keep cycling through them because I'm like, nope, they wouldn't get that. Nope, mm, nope, that wouldn't be there. So I should be doing more to prep loot and rewards. Um, so I just don't all the time. On that, on that point, actually, I'm yeah. going to share something with you. Uh, 
let me sorry i was trying to share my screen oh you um, want me to share your screen again <laughs> yeah here we go okay and oh, okay so hold on. one second there we go avery look away my friend look away. Or, or don't i don't really care because it's not oh, it's, it's not kind like of you're gonna, yeah okay not like you're gonna get any of this shit anytime soon but um okay so this is some of my notes on the barakyle envoy and i've made a page for treasure and i've gone into chat gpt and built a bunch of treasure for them um all sorts of stuff which i've just made for these characters um for these npcs and mm -hmm. the 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 idea is that i can come into this page anytime they kill some uh, Wizards of the Barakyle Envoy, and they may carry these items. Mm -hmm. You know, these are some of the obvious things that they tend to always carry, and then some of this other stuff is more specialized. And having uh, some sort of treasure table for different types of creatures, I think, is important. You can stop sharing that now if you want. Okay. I'll back <laughs> over here. So, um, yeah, just having tables. Avery, you can with, look now. You can look now. Um, <laughs> with... Having some sort of random table or or something that you can pick and choose from for different types of creatures in your world or different locations in your world is super useful. Yeah. Um, because if you don't give out all of it on the first go, you can give it out in dribs and drabs over a period of, you know, 10 encounters or 10, 10 scenes or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, hell no, I've just got somebody at the door. Yeah, no problem. And then I was going to say, I would, I also do like to keep in mind and try to keep mental track of the loot that I do give the party because um you know I'm we have a, no problem we have a a lot of magic users in the party that I run for and just a few like melee I have one melee and like one rogue pretty much and the rest are mostly magic casters so I have to keep track of what kind of loot I'm giving them that's magical and make sure that I'm also including something that the rogue can use, something that the you know gunslinger can use, um, so that it's it doesn't always feel like it's always going to the magic users, you know. So bear that in mind, your party, what kind of loot they would want, or even kind of tailoring some of the loot so that it's specific to like their background, has some kind of a history, because then they're really invested in like why they got this loot. So just have that kind of stuff prepared. And on that note magic shop inventories i'm again it's part of loot it's part of my my brain just doesn't ever want to think about it but prepare a list because it's it's bound to happen they're going to go to a city and they're going to go well let's head to the magic shop what does the magic shop have available and i'm like uh and then i have to quickly go on to random generators and do the th the same thing where it's like nope 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 oh but they would have that and it would cost this and so just have some of that prepared i think uh would be helpful uh and then you wouldn't be like me <laughs> um okay cool. Sorry about that. no problem all i did was talk about loot and having magic shop inventories ready Aha. Um, yeah uh rule books and references oh, always nice to have on hand whether it's D, D beyond or you have your books or you know people have yeah. like those uh the cards that have like here's all my druid spells and things <laughs> yep. like that a bunch uh, of those up there yeah yeah. Uh, let's see. Or you can have tabs open on your computer. You know, have all that stuff there. Yeah. One, of my, one of my live games that I go to, they provide a laptop for me 
So when I turn up, I log in through my Google account and I don't have to, you know, I just use my Google account. I've got all my tabs already there because Google synchronized shit. Yeah. Bloody blah, you know, and I just open up everything there and it's the same as it is at home and so on and just go on business as usual. <laughs> okay. Handy. So Upright Man says, I've never played with a magic shop, which I get because some people really don't like to have like high magic societies or which the one that I'm running is a high magic society. But hmm. yes, yeah, I, I, I do see the appeal to not having high magic societies. But even in that case, then you still would maybe want to have inventory prepared for like any shop that they go into or just having a list of shop names even for like yeah. they're going into this city then you need to have a list of various shops ready or right smithies right. or you know yep markets even different yeah. markets night markets um different districts have different types of shops and things the dwarven district in Vangate and sidariel and thorassus there's, you know, a lot of family-owned dwarven forges and what have you with some of them have names and they specialize in different things and they have apprentices and they have names and so on and so forth, you know? Yeah, yeah. That type um, of stuff. So now I'm going, okay, our props and handouts episode, I think, was one of the best episodes we've had for a while, not for a while, but, you know, recently. So I'm just going to tell everybody, you guys need to go back and watch, if you haven't, our props and handouts episode, because yeah. if you have any props and handouts, which I hope you do because they're fun, uh, yeah. you definitely want to have those prepared <laughs> for your session, whether it's online, have it ready to go, you know, pop up on your screen or get ready to text it to somebody, uh, anything that you're going to pop out at your table. Uh, sound and music I've already talked about like that's I yep. think part of having props and immersion and things like that notes session notes I'm also very bad at this because I I don't want to say I'm bad at it I'm not consistent it depends on how the session is going consistent. if the sessions are like very heavy and involved I tend to get sidetracked and I forget to take notes um, and then the next day I'm like oh no Oh no. And I'm trying to piece everything together because if I don't do it soon, it's gone. It just goes. Right. Um, so it's prepare helpful. a way so to take notes. <laughs> this is something that players can really help with too. Often, well, I've had, I was in one campaign as a player a long time ago where one of the players um, kept a blog um, for the whole campaign and every session they would summarize in the blog and the group would get a link to that blog. So we'd go into the session and the first thing you could do, if you, if you didn't, if you couldn't remember what was going on, you could just log into the blog and read what happened last session, you know, and that's what I'm planning to do with my chat GPT thing is to build those little logs that can be kept in a blog or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, really helps for just re knowing where you left off man is really important yeah it is you know? i mean because i get that many people play weekly or bi-weekly but i don't know in the real world like i have never met a person in person or that does in-person games that plays weekly that's just a, especially when you're an adult like or at right. least when you're my age. I mean, you could right. be 20 and you're an adult, but you might have the the bandwidth to be able to play weekly. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But well, yeah, I run a lot of weekly games. Yeah, I was <laughs> so... going to say, well, you're a paid DM. That's your job. <laughs> but um, yeah, so find a way to take notes or record the session or whatever, you know. <laughs> 
so that you can keep track of everything. Yeah, one thing I find useful oftentimes is to go back and I will watch the last five minutes of the last session, at least the last five minutes, if not the last 30 minutes, to yeah. just sort of remember the mood and tone that you'd set and have all of that that memory back in, in loaded up in your RAM so you're ready to, you know, reset yeah. the scene, as it were. Um, another thing that's useful as a DM is to get a thesaurus, right? Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's online or what have you, but just type in what are some words relating to tombs, mm. right? Get some descriptive terms that you can use. Get a bunch of words that will, you know, dusty, ancient, you know, you fill in the blanks. Yeah. Um, all of those words that you can throw into your description to help build a picture um, and don't just think about visuals, think about audio stuff, smells, smells are really yeah. important. Um, little creatures, insects and things, who inhabits this place, that type of stuff. Um, when you're talking about architecture and places and locations, very rarely it, are, are creatures just, they, they set up shop, they built this place and now they live there. You know, that that maybe happens in cities a bit, but even then, they probably aren't the first residents of this particular location. So there's going to be leftover things from the past that, mm -hmm. that are still there um, that you can add to the texture of the world from. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, make sure you have your dice or if you roll online, I'm sure you have that already. I mean, you know what I love that you can just Google like, you can just type it into Google search and it'll roll a 1d20 or whatever. So you really don't have an excuse to not have dice. Right. There's no excuses <laughs> for not having dice. And, and, and there's many a dice goblin out there that has too many dice. But, you know, hey. I don't know hey. who you're talking about at all. Um, mm. Mm. Let's see. Oh, yes. Charge cords. I, I was going to say this is for me because I'm in person, but I always right. have to make sure I have charge cord charge cords under the table because everybody's bringing their laptops and their iPhones right. and what have yes. you. So, power. Yeah. Having power at the table. Yeah. And then, power. yeah, key, uh, aside from all of this, we've talked about it already, but prepare for the unexpected. And I don't even know how, like, that's like something I feel like no matter how much we say it, until you experience it, you won't mm. really understand what it means to prepare for the unexpected. So, right. Right? <laughs> I don't know how else to. Well, look, there's this. This is kind of another way of preparing that I'm going to sort of venture into. And that is sometimes when I'm on my way to a, ga to a game where I'm preparing for a game, I will think about instead of like, what's the plot? What's the story? I think of who's an NPC that I want to role play. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll pull up an NPC out of my brain and out of, you know, out of the world or the location that they're in, whether it's a city or what have you, and say, I want to play this character. I'm going to play this character in this in this in this session. And you go into it with that character and you use that that character to either antagonize the plot or otherwise provide some kind of hook to it or reveal something about themes and moods and so on. Um, and so going into it, just knowing who that NPC is. And so often it might be a case of voice warm-ups, mm. role play that character by yourself um, yeah. or, or, or several characters. Make sure that your primary characters in, in the campaign, your main NPCs that the players are likely to come across, including generic ones like guards, 
um, you have something to offer there. They've got something interesting has happened to them on this day. You know, think of things like that. Like that you run into a general person. Well, it so happens that the other day there was a dragon flew over the city and everyone's going, oh my God, there was a dragon. Was it a silver dragon or a white dragon? We don't know, but there's all these rumors going around. Um, so adding this kind of texture into, into small interactions, even shopkeepers, you know, they, that, that they have lives, they experience stuff outside of just who they are. Yeah. Um, you know, as yeah. A I think you hit on what I wanted to say, but I was getting all worked up about it was like, yeah, kind of Im improv, prepare to improv and whatever that means to you as a DM, you know, because I think for me, it's I have to get out of my DM head and be in the head of the NPC or be in the head, you know, whoever they're interacting with that I have to make yeah. something up on the fly. That's yeah. improv. And that is like I, I, me personally, I have to run myself through kind of some mental exercises beforehand so that I know, yeah. you know, or it's I have to run myself through okay, this city is in this location. This city would be motivated by this, this, and this. So any one person mm. in that city would think that these thing, things, like I have to, I just have to run through a list in my brain right. to prepare for those eventualities. Um, right. So I think that's, aside from all this prep that we're telling you guys to do, you know, right. have tabs open for all the things that you think might come up. And, Worst case scenario, like you, you don't have the answer, right? As a DM, I've had to do the, look, I don't have that answer right now. They're asking about like, you know, how long would it take to get from here to here? Like you said, like you've got roll 20 up, but I don't have that up. And so I'll have to kind of estimate it and then say, okay, yeah. when the game's over, I will look at this harder and then I will text you guys with the hard answer. But for here, right. I'm going to tell you it's right. about two and a half weeks. Like, And the thing... The thing is, too, that like, I mean, I've been running this particular campaign in Sidariel for a while now, and mm. a few campaigns in Sidariel on and off over like five years. I've been running games in this world. I've only just made those maps. Yeah. You know, and I, I got by without yeah. them. You know, you don't have to do everything at once. You don't have to have the whole world prepared before you start. Um, you can start with, you know, you can you can go the Gary Gygax route and start with one town and develop that town and mm -hmm. then work outwards, maybe not even outwards. You might just work with whatever the players do and develop around them as you go. Or you can work from the top down, which I personally prefer, but there's kind of a place where you can let those two systems meet um, in the middle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I think what I, I want the message to be at the end of this show, because I think that there's so many people, I just, I see so many people posting online about, I want to DM, but I'm so scared and I don't know what to prepare and all this stuff. And like, that's what I want people to take away is that yes, preparation is great. And the more you prepare, probably the better, but, right, but knowing what to prepare. No. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what it is. You need to know what to prepare, but just prepare the minimum of what you need, which is you need a setting, you need to have some something that's going to happen maybe, uh, and like have a monster stat block ready, mm. and then past that, like you can make it all up on the fly, and then keep track of it, and then mm. build off of it, and then next thing you know, you've got a whole world. But yeah, I I want people to not be afraid to start. 
Right. Absolutely. I mean, getting started, that's that's the hard part. And to be fair, I think what you need the most in order to get started is two or three friends who aren't going to hold you awfully accountable. They're, they're going to play along with you and make your life easy. They're not going to fight you at every turn. They're not going to be like constantly rules lawyering you and being a pain in the ass. Right. But to be fair, that can work for you because, as I said earlier, you can learn a lot from other players about the rules. Right. So if you don't know the rules and you're feeling scared because you don't know the rules, well, here's an idea. Don't play D&D. Make up a game. Right. Role play without rules. I'm, I know it's 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 it sounds ludicrous. <laughs> mind I mean, blown. <laughs> mind blown. You yeah. do not have to pay money for a role playing game. You can make it up yourself. Oh my mm. god. Yeah. But you know, if you want to play a role playing game with lots of other people, then uh, you probably have to play D and D because it's the only one anybody's ever even heard of. Yes. And okay, I'm going to suggest one more thing because I see a lot of this too. So there's baby DMs who want to DM. And and I did this right. I, I I DM'd my son because that was uh, the least intimidating well, option, right? right? But I would say there are so many people who are like, oh, well, the only people I know is like my DM wants to play in my game, and that's so terrifying. And you know, but I right. never hear a lot of them talking about like that they had a conversation with the DM because so many people I know, DMs I know, they would they would love to sit in a game and. They want to watch you as a baby DM grow. And yeah. I understand that it's intimidating to have them at your table, but all we want is for you guys to become one of us. Like we, and, and so right. I, I can, I can see how, if you have a DM who you think will be like, oh, you're doing this wrong and blah, 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 then yeah, maybe don't have them right. at your t or have a conversation with them. But yeah, I think the majority of us are so supportive and we want you to do the thing so do the thing and don't be a try it like, try really hard not to micromanage your life right right you know, you know I mean, like to, have to, a conversation thing, we do have to have that conversation and that's that's it's a fair conversation to have because it's it's easy if you've done something for a long time to sit back and go you could improve this with blah 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 but you know really there's no need for that yeah yeah so I know our show ran a little bit long. I am going to scrap the weekly world building for this time. I might, oh. I know, I might throw it in next week. We'll see if it'll, if it'll fit into whatever topic that we right. decide. But it's you really basically rewind. what I was going to walk everyone through. And maybe this is homework for you guys. Okay. Basically, all I did was you Google search for a free battle map or online map or whatever you want to go or if you go to like patreon there's a lot of them that make maps and they'll have like a free version that you can download any map anything where you can draw it you can make it and then all you got to do is take that map and then just create an encounter by walking through kind of like uh I guess my homework would be watch that Matt Colville episode where he basically looked at a map and was like, all right, look, there's a path here. Oh, look, there's some broken branches. Why are there broken branches? Let's say there's broken branches because trolls walked through here. You know, like I'm making this all up right now, too. But that's basically what I was going to do is I, and I want you guys to do this. Pull up a free map. Look at the map. Come up with a story for the map that makes sense for like what kind of encounter you want to have. There's a list of encounters that I, I keep on my DM screen, which is there's the fetch, like you want your players to go fetch something. You want your players to go deliver something. You want your players to protect something, destroy something, go investigate something, negotiate, 
with someone or something uh survive which is usually like some kind of a skill challenge survive something attain something which is different than fetching right like i want you to go into this town and i need you to become their like you need to be their uh what's the word i'm thinking of um their champion become their champions and have them laud you all over here because i need you to do this and get in close with them and you know so attain something i'd like to add something to that list i think is important sure and I think it works with everything that you've just said, but I want my players to learn something. Okay. You know, learn they, they, something. Yeah. Right. So whether it's learn something about the world or something about themselves or, or something about how to play, whatever, whatever that is, or it could be all of those or none of them, but learning something, they come away with it with some kind of character development. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's my plan. And then that totally works with, all, all of the nuts and bolts stuff that you've just described. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's a good point. Sometimes I have an encounter where it's really just about like the world lore where something's going to happen and I want them to be a part of it so that they learn about this, you know, lore in the world. So yeah, with those, those uh, types of quests or types of adventures, take a look at your free map. Look at all the little minutiae and details and then try to come up with some kind of an encounter. Like I said, okay, so there's broken wood and, and stuff. So trolls have walked through. So I'm going to make this a, um, I need to make this a protect encounter where I, they're going to be in a town and I'm going to say this lady, this old lady needs to get from this town to this town. And they've heard about these troll encounters recently, or, you know, people have gone missing recently that have traveled this road so this woman wants protection you know whatever that may be and you can have that all prepped and then you you've got one encounter already under your belt and all you had to prepare you've got your map you have a few right. variations of stories maybe some rumors you've got your encounter you've got your pull up your monster stat block um and i just did that in what 10 minutes <laughs> not really right. real time walking through a map but you know right. um so that was really going to have be the a, world building exercise. Have a, have a theme in mind. Uh, I like to create themes that are some kind of examination of some kind of central question. Mm -hmm. um, so something like, you know, the idea might be what is mercy or something like that. And then create a situation where the players have to really think about that. Yeah. Um, and and it doesn't matter whether they come to any conclusions. It's good if they do or not. doesn't really matter. But you've got something to structure everything around. Um, and so then when you're creating encounters or NPCs or locations, you are hooking them onto this theme that you've created to start with. And this gives you a, a pyramid structure, if you like, um, a kind of hierarchy in terms of how you want to build something. And it all works together to form a, a cohesion or a cohesive story or narrative. Yeah. Um, That's actually a good point, especially if you're starting out with what, what we're calling, I guess, the Gygax method, where you're kind of like, you right. haven't built the whole world and you haven't built the whole, you know, arcing story all the way to right. the BBEG. Well, then, at least if you have a theme, then you have something to hang your hat on for each encounter right. so that it ties them together. I like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the theme I have in Sidariel when I started building it was um, the return of the sacred feminine. That was That's the basic underlying theme of the world. And mm -hmm. so everything in the world 
in some way relates to that, more or less. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, not everything can relate to that because you want to also at the same time have a kind of realistic, naturalistic sense that has verisimilitude and you feel like you're in an actual living world. But at the end of the day, the story and all of the big plot points are heading in that direction. And there's a lot of factions and organizations and NPCs that are going to reflect that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of patriarchies who are evil and there's a lot of matriarchies that are either rising, rebellion, rebelling or powerful in their own right. Um, you know, that type of stuff. So that conflict is uh, already there. Remember, drama is conflict. Conflict yes. is drama. Yeah. Don't go away from the drama. Go towards the drama. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. So I think that's it for our show. We... Um, had a little bit of a cursed night so we appreciate you guys sticking around and uh boy i'm gonna have to piece this one together like frankenstein when it goes onto youtube so (laughs) this will be fun but um i look guys maybe it's because we need more subscribers no that's not true but (laughs) uh, it's true it is true (laughs) if you guys like what we do please yeah, hit the like button, share, subscribe, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, come check us out on uh, all our social media platforms. Come join us on Discord. Now, yes. Remember that we are collaborating here on Dungeon Studios, so like and subscribe to Dungeon Studios because this is where we're doing the game. Right. Amber's got her own channel now, her own YouTube channel, so you need to go over there. It's pretty nerdy. Pretty nerdy. On- Pretty nerdy yeah. on YouTube. I've just subscribed and added it to my list of featured channels. Oh, thank and, you. Um, yeah, so do the things. Do the things. I've got my own YouTube channel as well. You can track that down. Um, and Twitch. So, yeah, come and find us. And we want to talk to you and yeah. stuff. And, I mean, this involved. is what we do because we're passionate about it. So that means we mm. pretty much will want to talk about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you have a channel of your own or something like that, and maybe you want to collaborate on something. There's yeah. possibilities. Yes. Yeah. We're just a bunch of creatives. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, all right, folks. We're yeah. going to call it a night, and we will see you next week. Next and week. Uh, I'm just going to end it here and say that these days can be fun days when you talk nerdy with friends. All right, folks. See you next week. Adios.